You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whooper, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. I was always quick to strike Had everything I owned In the saddles on my back I had a reputation For never staying very long Just like a wild and restless drifter Like a cowboy in a song I met a dark-haired beauty Where they laid the whiskey down In southern Arizona In a little border town She had to dance for money in that dusty old saloon I dropped a dollar in the jukebox Played that girl a tune, yeah Never see it coming It just hits you by surprise It's that cold place in your soul and that fire in her eye That makes you come together Like wild horses when they run Alright guys, good evening Welcome to another edition of Unplugged Right here on the SNS Radio Network, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and I uh, just want to wish everybody a, a very pleasant Friday. I hope everybody's having a great day. I know that I surely am. A lot of things to talk about on the show tonight. Momentarily, I'll be giving you the SmackDown recap for the, obviously, the December 17th edition of SmackDown on the Sci-Fi Network going into this Sunday's Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view. A lot of interesting things happening on the show as it relates to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. But uh, again, welcome to the program. And we are expecting later on tonight, Kerry uh, Silken of Ring of Honor, the owner of Ring of Honor, to drop by. Obviously, tomorrow night will be the final Battle Eye pay-per-view. Uh, so he'll be dropping by to promote that. Looking forward to that as well. So, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get down to the brass tacks. Let's get down to business, as it were, and uh, talk a little bit of SmackDown. Now it's time for the SmackDown Rebound with J.J. Sexy.
You know, I know I say this every week, but I really do like that theme song. I don't know. I just I can't get enough of it. I hated it originally, but it just kind of grows on you like a fungus. So uh, let's go ahead and kick things off with the SmackDown rebound. Of course, we started the show off with Edge cutting a promo in the middle of the ring, uh, talking about Kane, basically. Then we go backstage where Teddy Long basically decides to announce that the TLC match for the World Heavyweight Championship has been changed. It's no longer Kane and, of course, his challenger, Edge. He's decided to add Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio to the match, making it a fatal four-way TLC. Before I go any further, I'm just trying to figure out why they decided to make this move. Was it because they didn't want two chairs matches on the card? Because, I mean, after last week, we knew that Alberto Del Rio and Ray were going to have uh, a good old-fashioned chairs match. And then, of course, this past Monday on Raw, we find out that the stipulation between John Cena and Wade Barrett is, in fact, a chairs match. And I thought, oh, great, we're going to have two chairs matches. So this is how they combat that, by placing Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio into this TLC match. Now, the odds of Kane walking out the world heavyweight champion with four people in this match just got that much thinner. But when you think about it, does anybody really want to see Edge take the title? I certainly do not. Does anybody want to see Rey Mysterio take the title? Well, personally, I don't either. Then that leaves you with, does Kane retain, or do you put it on Alberto Del Rio? I think it's too soon in his tenure, although I do like Alberto Del Rio. I don't think now is the time to put this championship on Alberto Del Rio. Not yet. So I'm left with more questions rather than a decent reason why they've combined two matches for the World Heavyweight Championship. I I don't know. It, it's, it's beyond me, people. I don't really understand where they're going with this, but I guess we'll see. We start things off with the uh, first match of the night. Caval and his tag team partner, Kofi Kingston, taking on the team of Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler. This was a very good match. I really enjoyed this match. I mean, the thing that really entertained me in this match wasn't so much that the match was great because it wasn't a great, great match. It was a typical SmackDown match with Kofi Kingston and Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler and, of course, even Caval. But for all the shit that I give Jeff Hardy for being high, it could be said tonight that Kofi Kingston was, in fact, higher than Jeff Hardy. Did you see when he leaped off the top? He had to be like 20 feet in the air to come down with that clothesline. So there you go. Ganja was in full effect on the SmackDown brand tonight, courtesy of Kofi Kingston. Of course, the ending came um, as Caval and Kofi beat Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler. The ending came with the trouble in paradise to Dolph Ziggler, who sold that magnificently. And uh, Kofi Kingston and Caval walk away with the W on this particular night. Like I said, it wasn't a great match. I don't think it was a bad match, but Kofi got high. Oh, yeah, he got real high. Um, I believe in the back we see a backstage segment with Drew McIntyre discussing things with Kelly Kelly uh, about the Slammy Awards in which she was berated a little bit by Tyson Kidd. I, I found this a little interesting. It almost seems like they're trying to turn Drew McIntyre into a face as he said that had he been out there, he would have taken care of Tyson Kidd. And, of course, Kelly Kelly playing up 
with the worst acting I've ever seen. I don't know if she was reading off a teleprompter or what. Oh, my. Drew McIntyre, I know what you're really like. Why do you care? I mean, did anybody else come? She was so fucking robotic with that promo. It was fucking awful. Um, of course, Caitlin comes in and makes the save and says that Kelly has plans and that she can't go out with Drew McIntyre. Drew smirks and walks off. So I don't know what the storyline is going into this. If Drew is turning face, if Drew's playing a game with Kelly Kelly, but either way, it's making for some very interesting uh, television. Next up, we had a match between Cody Rhodes and Chris Masters. This was a very quick match. I mean, this was like retribution for Cody Rhodes from last week when he was beaten by Chris Masters. And I'm going to say this match lasted about two minutes with Cody Rhodes getting the win over Chris Masters. So just when I think they're going to push Chris Masters and start to give him a string of victories, nope, the dashing one. Cody Rhodes comes in and upsets my boy Chris Masters in a very, very quick and decisive victory. Uh, we had an interesting promo tonight by The Miz, who was on SmackDown, basically to promote that he is the WWE champion. They ran clips of uh, him on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he talked about his week as far as all the radio interviews that he's done this week and all the talk shows. They have the match set up with him against Rey Mysterio tonight. Uh, basically a rematch from Monday Night Raw. And I got to admit, that the match on Raw, I, I there was something weird about it. They just didn't gel when they were working each other. Um, you know, And I think Miz is a good worker. He's gotten progressively better in the last two years. Rey Mysterio is a phenomenal worker. I mean, you could put him with anybody, but I don't know what was going on on Monday night, but these two just didn't gel. Tonight, they had a fantastic match. I really enjoyed the back and forth between Ray and Miz. I love the fact that Riley was there. Uh, you know, he, he interfered quite a bit. Even Alberto Del Rio had his moment. Now, expect this week, guys, for those of you that are big YouTube shoot fans, expect this week for Matt Hardy to go out of his way to talk about how the Miz stole his side effect move because he actually at one point did a side effect variation on Rey Mysterio during the match. So look for uh, look for Matt Hardy or Matthew Hardy, all caps involved, to probably put out a YouTube video this week discussing how the Miz stole his move. Stranger things have happened, but look for it. I think it's going to happen. So next up, we actually do have the match, the Miz versus Rey Mysterio. Um, in a one-on-one -on -one encounter, like I said, good back and forth, very solid match between the two. But the ending came, of course, when Alberto Del Rio decided to interfere once again. And The Miz basically rolled Ray up, didn't use his uh, skull-crushing finale, but did get a quick victory with the help of Alberto Del Rio. Teddy Long comes down after Edge comes down to help uh, Ray Mysterio out. Teddy Long comes down and says, you know what, we're going to make this the main event for tonight, we're going to make it a tag match. It's going to be The Miz and Alberto Del Rio taking on the team of Edge and Rey Mysterio. So that is your scheduled main event, which is sad because I don't think that main event was half as good as this one-on-one -on -one match we had between these two guys. Next up, we have Laycool coming down to the ring. Basically very irate, very upset that they are being put in this match at TLC this Sunday, this Divas Tables match. Absolutely not happy. Um, and watching these two work, I'm sticking with my guns here. Layla is heads and tails better than Michelle McCool. 
I don't know what it is about McCool that I don't like, but Layla would do fine on her own without Michelle McCool. Like, she carries that team. I think she's better in-ring than McCool, and she's definitely better at getting heat from a crowd and even delivering her lines. McCool just comes off very robotic, almost like Kelly Kelly. But I think Layla is the true diva superstar in that particular tandem. Of course, we get the music hits. Natalia, Beth Phoenix walk down to the ring carrying a present for Laycool. Turns out it's a big pink table <laughs> with uh, some old, or I guess some drawings of an older, elderly Laycool, which I found to be hilarious. Of course, basically a brawl ensues, and nobody goes through the table. So, you know, they were trying to boycott the fact that they didn't want to be in this match. So we're going to see what happens this Sunday at TLC. But I got a feeling somebody's going through a table. Next up, we had a little fun match. We had Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov, the WWE. This is Sparta! Tag team champions of the world. Taking on the team of Chavo Guerrero and his newly acquired partner, Jeffrey McWild from the Virtual Fighter series. No, no, I'm kidding. It's Tyler Rex. Very interesting match, but in the end, Santino gets the victory with the Cobra and roll up on Chavo Guerrero. And once again, Chavo is what? 0 and 3 for his opportunities against the team of Costino. Uh, we get down to the main event where it's Miz, Alberto Del Rio, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. This was a good match back and forth. Not, like I said, not as good as the one-on-one -on -one encounter between Miz and Mysterio. But this match did serve a purpose. It wasn't bad. What really got to me, though, was Kane shows up. And you see backstage Kane showing up, just destroying everybody. He heads down to the ring. The music hits. The pyro goes off. He comes down. He goes after Edge. Uh, Edge attempts to, to hit the spear, but, you know, Kane jumps in the ring, takes him down, starts pummeling him. So the match is basically a no DQ. I mean, it's, it's a no contest. Um, so what happens is we have the whole SmackDown locker room coming down to the ring. And, and to me, I found this interesting because you had faces and heels working together as a cohesive unit trying to pull Kane and Edge apart. Like, you would have faces and heels both working alongside together with Kane, and you'd have faces and heels working to pull off Edge as well. Again, and I'm talking guys that are even going to be facing each other in a match. We've got a, we've got a ladder triple threat between, what is it, Kofi, Dolph, and Swagger, and Dolph and Swagger working together like nothing's going on. I just I felt like this was, this was a bullshit segment. I mean, did you need to do that? I just I didn't like the flow of this at all. If you're trying to hammer in that this guy's a face, this guy's a heel, and these guys are facing each other, but yet they can pull it together to go stop Kane from destroying everybody, it just you know it just didn't work for me. So SmackDown goes off the air with with Edge and Kane the focus again, as it fades to black, uh, both men just pummeling each other, and that's how they ended the show. Am I looking forward to TLC? Yes, absolutely, I am. But oh. I, I don't know, guys. I just did not like that ending. You know, if I'm alone, tell me, please. I, I just, I don't understand why things went the way that they did. But that's just me. Overall grade for tonight, I will give it a B-. minus. It wasn't a horrible show. It wasn't a great show. But it did have some interesting things leading into TLC this Sunday. 
So there you go. B minus at my expense. So at this time, I want to go ahead and uh, switch the focus and bring in the man of the hour. You know him. You love him. Some of you hate him. But he's here every week to bring us the news from headlockstoheadlines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, Chris Kelly. Yeah, man, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm chilled out. Been a nice, peaceful day. I've now got I've now got a break off college, so I'm now chilled and relaxed for this coming Christmas holiday. Um, now earlier you brought up an art question: Why um, Alberto Del Rio, Rey Mysterio have been pushed into the Kane Edge match? It, it it basically is because once they once they um, put down the matches, there was not enough time on on pay per view, so they they had to, they had to merge the the, the two matches together. Just so they just so they, they get the, the two feuds on the pay per view. Now, see, I thought it was just because they had two chairs matches booked, and it was like, oh, we can't have two. It's just not going to work for us. Now, like uh, according to Figure Four Weekly, like they they look up and down, like what could we'll, we'll cut, and they and they've cut the uh, the Divas table match down to a, like literally like a five minute match, and there's still enough time, so they had to just basically put the two matches together. That plus Kane, as, as you say, uh, isn't really in, in that great way of a shape to be going through tables and jumping up ladders. So, let's see. Um, now, here's, here's a bit of cool news that people want to hear. Shawn Michaels has signed a contract with WWE. Um, this is not actually a wrestling contract. Uh, he said that he wants, he wants to come to move forward and will be working behind the scenes. Uh, he's already dismissed that, that he is the world GM. No problem to return anytime soon. And you know what? I'm I'm loving the fact that Shawn Michaels knows how to get to the heartstrings of every wrestling fan out there. Obviously, I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. I know the Trey Dog is a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I guess some people will call us Marks. That's fine. The bottom line here is that this is good because this basically nullifies him going to TNA. Not that there was a chance in hell that was going to happen. Sorry, TNA fans. Not going to happen. Um, I would, you know, he did say that he wasn't going to be the Raw GM and he wasn't going to be this and that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up becoming the Raw GM at some point in time with this uh, contract that he has going on. I mean, obviously, his wrestling career is over. He's not going to come back full-time uh, to wrestle. You know, he's very adamant that he wants to keep his promise to The Undertaker and to the fans of the WWE, which I almost find a, a knock at Ric Flair, which, which is justifiably deserved. But yeah, I'm glad to see that Shawn Michaels is sticking to his guns. He's going to stay retired. As much as I would love to see another match of Shawn Michaels, you know what? He had a hell of a career. I don't think he's going to be done anytime soon with making appearances. And who knows where this could lead for him? But it's good to know he's in the WWE fold. Yeah, and like we've seen guys that Shawn has trained, such as as Brian Dickinson, break into the E, and with him working with like the uh, the like guy down in FCW. This could be great for the future because, as we know, Sean has a great mind. And I know guys don't like DX because they haul down the, the young guys, but with Sean Michaels and Triple H somewhere near the booking uh, department, this could be a great time for, for wrestling. I agree. Uh, apparently, R-Truth uh, was, was, uh, was, was hospitalized the other day. He apparently got pneumonia. Uh, he, he, he tried to work through it, um, but he kind of became a bit more ill. So he was taken to the hospital for a few days due to due to pneumonia. 
Yeah, I believe it's called walking pneumonia. And uh, from what I understand, he started going into convulsions while they were traveling. And uh, it's a good thing that people didn't shrug it off, as, you know, as maybe him doing dance moves. Because if he didn't get to the hospital, it could have killed him. So uh, kudos to the WWE staff that was with him and, um, you know, like Rey Mysterio. Because if they didn't get him to the hospital, R-Truth might not be alive today to get crunk or tell people what's up. So I wish Truth a speedy recovery and get well soon. Uh, apparently, um, everyone backstage, um, like Dave... Uh, David Arquette apparently he he still keeps up to, keeps up to, to, to he still keeps up to date with, with all, all the storylines and uh, was caught backstage talking to basically everyone from the from the mid colors to the main events to the jobbers uh, and apparently he is quote unquote welcome anytime he wants to a wrestling event. God damn it, keep him away from the world title. I will rule you. And his man his segment I I watched it um, uh, earlier today. That guy should never ever be given a microphone ever. He, he sounds like his, his, his like voice is like going going the whole time. It just doesn't sound good. Well, um, you know, poor David Arquette. He's just you know he's in the downhill slope. He's lost his his wife Courtney Cox. You know, I mean his career's in the toilet, and he's showing up on Raw and wrestling in a fucking red, white, and blue gi. What, what the fuck, people? It could be worse. He could become world champion at some point again. <laughs> Apparently, Samoa Joe has signed a new two-year contract with TNA Wrestling. Dix Carter tweeted earlier, proud to, proud to report that, that that Samoa Joe has resigned. I feel good knowing that that I have the force, uh, that I have a focused and determined Samoan on my side. Um, basically, he resigned after there was no interest from the WWE about bringing him in at all. Um, wow. Hold on, same... hold on, hold on. I need a second on this one. I... Samoa Joe just re-signed a contract with TNA Wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. Has he taken too many chair shots to the fucking head? Are you kidding me? Do, do, does he not realize what they have done to his career in five years? They have taken the guy that was on top of the world in 2005 and flushed him down the toilet. Do you think it's going to get any better? What, is, this no. the, is this like the let's wait and see approach? This might have been his last opportunity to get out of TNA Wrestling and go back to, say, Ring of Honor and maybe go to Japan and get his name back up there where it means something. Samoa Joe and TNA means dick to me now. And I like Samoa Joe. I don't want people to think I'm trashing the guy. But how stupid can you be? Why would you sign with a company that's fucking buried you? Hello, McFly... Wake the fuck up! Yeah, like if I was Joe, yeah, I I, I would probably return to Ring of Honor, and that's that was something that, that I will ask uh, Terry later on if uh, if he if he had any uh, interest in bringing back Samoa Joe once his contract was up with TNA. Um, uh, as I noted a ago, Eric Young also resigned with TNA last week because there was no interest from the WWE. Um, now now JD, our favorite person in the world, Matthew or Captain Hardy has now declared war, kind of, on the internet wrestling community. Um, now, he was a guest this past Monday on on, uh, on, on Eminem. And no, what they do normally, they send out a recap a day afterwards to, to like, all wrestling news sites. Actually, no, they don't. Monday Night they Mayhem, don't? no, they do not. Man, Monday Night Mayhem has never had the recap out the next fucking day. I mean, no offense to Mosh and crew over there because I'm not bashing them, but usually it's later in the week. 
So Matt Hardy takes it upon himself to bitch and cry and moan about how his shit's not on the fucking internet. Yeah, it takes a couple days for somebody to actually sit down, re-listen to the damn thing, and recap it and put it up. What a douchebag. I'm so sick yeah. of the fucking Hardys, both of them. Yeah, ap- apparently we, being the uh, IWC, are scumbags who work, who, who work, work, work on, the, on the scum sheets. This is what he wrote, he put, by the way, the scum sheets that, that, cover, that cover Eminem, um, the show I was on last night, they, why didn't they report my, report my interview? Because I because I call them out on their bullshit. The the, the reason why they don't give me publicity is because they 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 don't want my voice to be heard. Um, retweet this: the dirt sheets fear Matt Hardy. So well, okay, he, so, he could say that all he wants. The dirt sheets fear Matt Hardy. I was one of the first motherfuckers to reach out to Matt Hardy and try to book him for Wrestling News Live. Do you think he's answered anything that I've sent him? I'm not afraid of Matt Hardy. I would love to crucify him on Wrestling News Live because don't think I would go easy on him. As much shit as he likes to talk, I would fucking pry him apart and just fucking devour him. So please, if you fucking have the balls, please show up on Wrestling News Live. Just say. Like, uh, as you know, I have been in, in like, this new booking role, and I actually did send it a, a email to Matt Hardy, and I, and I told him, look, mate, um, the way that it works is we get the, we get the recap later in the week. And then he and then he tweeted uh, something a few hours later. I know how I know how the I, the uh, the I, the IWC works. Well, if you do, then why do you keep bitching about us? The uh, the IWC made you a star, Matt. We, if there if there was no IWC, you would not be a star. You was to be fired back in 2005, probably working some random independent scene. So it's not clever to bitch and moan at, 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 at the things that put you over. Really not. Hang on a second. I want to address something. Flair's talking about in the chat room the fact that if Samoa Joe went back to the indies, he would lose exposure. Do you realize that when you're a guy that works for TNA or the WWE and you start working indies, you are getting paid mega fucking money for those reliable promoters? You can make a decent living. That's why guys like Charlie Haas haven't gone back to the E when he's had many chances because he's making decent money. And this is a guy that has has kids and a wife to support. So you can make a decent living. Uh, Just working with Prairie Wrestling Alliance here in Alberta, I know for a fact when AJ Styles gets booked, they're paying him about $1,500 plus his airfare and his hotel. So you're going to tell me that Samoa Joe is going to lose notoriety and he's going to lose money if he doesn't sign with TNA Wrestling? Bullshit. It's just the opposite. He's going to get more exposure. He's going to get his name back out there. He's going to reestablish his character. You're wrong, Flair. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. And I think if you went back to back to example for Ring of Honor, fans would be like, "Oh my God, he's back!" Because we've not seen the true, have we? We've not seen the true uh, Samoa Joe since since he left Ring of, Honor, Ring of Honor in what 2005, 2006 when he left Ring of Honor to, to go to, t- to TNA. Like, yeah, something like if that. It, if Joe returned to Ring of Honor, he would be a main star and get paid shitloads of money and work little dates, but. What else? Apparently, uh, Jeff Hardy uh, responded to the reports earlier this week that he was high during his match at Final Resolution, was it? He uh, put, yes. He, he put, uh, and I quote, okay, bear in mind in this there's no uh, sp- uh, space marks. All, all the talk about last week, for uh, for all those that, that, that read his words, fuck you, so wrong, so, so wrong, I'm busting my ass to help, to, to help TNA, period. Can't trust enough. If you if you believe those words, fuck you. 
the 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 story is dead because it it should never it, it should ne- never been born. So wrong. Fuck you. Okay, that just proves to me that obviously it got to him. There must be some truth there. He wouldn't be all fired up about it. If it wasn't true and you were going around saying shit, you'd be like, I don't care. It's not fucking real. People can believe what they want. You can't tell me that a guy who fucking sits there and does YouTube videos with his brother fucking stoned out of his goddamn mind, calling out a guy like CM Punk, isn't fucking showing up to shows high. You know, Bill Barron says, oh, I didn't say all that. But that's where it originated from, supposedly. I mean, does it seem like it's that far of a stretch to think Jeff Hardy gets fucking high before he wrestles? Well, I he, do he's know had that drug he... problems his entire fucking life. Well, I do know that some some of us do get like high, but not that high. Like, I I, I don't mean to name drop, but I'll tell this by by uh, by Celine this past week on on her show. She, every time she performed in, in TNA wrestling and WWE, she was medicated. Not high, she was medicated. And, like, I didn't know that until she told me. But when guys like Jeff Hardy get too high and too medicated, that's when wrestling and drugs don't mix, and that's where re- drugs affect him in in the ring. Like, well, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and TNA doesn't even have a strict drug testing policy. If you fail, it doesn't matter. They've had numerous drug tests where guys have failed. They haven't told you who failed, but it's like, eh, they failed a drug test, who cares? Yeah, like, I don't mind if, like, a wrestler wants to get, like, wants to get medicated just to, like, chill out. But when it affects your match and you hit the same move seven times in a match and you keep flip-flopping between heel and face, that's when it's it's affecting your your actual work. Like, for for example, uh, did you get a chance to catch last night's impact? The first segment of it? Where Jeff kept going between face and heel? It's because he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, no offense to Jeff Hardy. He's not a heel. For those of you that think he's a great heel, I, I don't have to tell you. He's not a good heel. He's a fucking babyface. That's why when you look at this roster, and, and I know that I was called out on the carpet by one of our family members, <laughs> and I, I responded to his email, and he's gone on to point out to me who are the faces and who are the heels in the company. Like, I'm a dumbass and don't realize that. Because I do know who the faces and the heels are. And that's part of the reason I'm, I'm upset with this company. When I look at two guys like Max and Jeremy Buck or Max and Ruby, they both weigh about a buck fifty each. They're the smallest guys in the tag team division, not necessarily even the company. I think the only person smaller than them would be like Amazing Red. And these guys are believable as heels. How? Explain that to me. You know, Flair points out in the chat room that Jeff Hardy is being, is being booked as a heel and faced on house shows. If he's a heel, push him as a heel. I know when they went to Abbey Dhabi Land, uh, he was being pushed as a, pushed as like the big baby face. And why, why would you was, do that? But, why would you do that? If, if he is the heel in your company, why would you go to Abu Dhabi or as Trace says, Abu Dhabi Duba? Why would you push him as a face when he's fucking heel on TV? That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. This is why this company is going right down the fucking toilet. Because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And the best part about that whole match was apparently he did John Cena's You Can't See Me chant. So he's now stealing other wrestlers' chants. Way to go. Um, what else do we have? Uh, a bit of a bit of news. Apparently, Eddie Edwards is going to Japan to Pro Wrestling Noah to face the G, uh, GHC 
Junior World Champion on January 24th, 29th. Uh, apparently, Kia Omega will be will be missing this also tomorrow's Ring of Honor final final battle pay per view due to tearing his ankle in training uh, this past week. Well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is one news story that I believe that you might have or know, know a bit about. One day, Batista, his daughter, she's been the talk of the locker room. JD, do you know why? I do know why, actually. Dave Batista's little daughter decided that she, that, that, that she would do the world a favor, get into bed, and record it. So there is now a porno video with his daughter in, in it. Yeah, I, you know what? I've seen that video, and we'll talk about it uh, here momentarily, but uh, we're going to break away from the news for the moment and go to the phone lines. I believe joining me right now on the phone lines, we have Kerry Silken, the owner of Ring of Honor. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. How are you, Kerry? Very well. Thanks for having me on. No problem. How's it going? Good, good. We're going to finish it up the Boston show, and uh, we're looking forward to... Uh, final battle tomorrow and uh i got like 15 minutes with you guys if that's okay so let's go okay so um i i i say tomorrow you've got the, the pay-per-view that can be watched over yeah. on gofightlive.tv um now one thing that makes your company different to every other company is the fact that, that your pay-per-views are on the internet do you believe that the future of wrestling pay-per-views will be on oh. the internet as more wrestling fans watch wrestling oh. on the internet than tv I think it's a, uh, a new medium for people to enjoy wrestling. Uh, for us, it, for us, it's a sensible way to present the product. I mean, it's a lot, you know, the, the, the cost, the cost of doing a regular pay-per-view, a ridiculous you know, live is ridiculously expensive. We used to do the pay-per-views, uh, that were taped and shown later, but to present a live product, uh, it's affordable for us, it's affordable for the fans, and it gives a chance for anybody in the world who's got an internet connection to see the show live if they can't be there. So it's, uh, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing. Yeah, you brought, you brought up the, uh, the price of pay-per-views. They are much cheaper than, than pay-per-views for TNA and WWE. Do you think that your company is aimed more at the, the IWC, considering companies like TNA and WWE don't really want to put light on on the internet fans um you know you, you really can't compare us to the big companies and you know uh we do our own thing you know ring of honor is a unique product it's a you know uh it's it's a you know it's a it's a niche fan base and uh for what we're presenting uh we don't have to you know if we did if we were if we were able to be in a position to do a normal pay-per-view, you know, they're, they're charged $40, $50. They have to charge that to cover their expenses. So for us and the fans that we have, uh, it's, it, it works well. And, you know, we, we, I see the sheets from Go Fight Live, and we do get people literally from all over the world, you know, a lot from the U.K., Australia, uh, Japan, and, uh, you know, of course, Canada and, and other countries that, you know, are really happy that, you know, they're able to see the show. There's nothing better than seeing it live. And, you know, if you could be there in person, of course, that's the best. But if not, you know, you want to see this as it goes down. And anybody that that is listening to this show, 
who is not able to be in New York City tomorrow, I'm as a fan, and I am a fan, I urge you to get this show because these matches and the tomorrow's final battle, every match on the show has been, you know, building up. You know, we, we, we pride ourselves in presenting a product that is sensible and does not insult anyone and gives the fans the best bang for their money. And uh, anybody who is, you know, unfamiliar with Ring of Honor, they will be thrilled, and people that know us know that, you know, that they get their money's worth. So uh, hopefully people will uh, tune in tomorrow. And that can be found at GoFightLive.tv, of course. Now, people often compare Ring of Honor to the old ECW, considering that's where... Uh, sorry, considering your company is where like many stars such as CM Punk made their name, do you think that's a fair kind of uh, a fair kind of com- comparison to compare your company to the well, old ECW? Sort of, you know, uh, because they were like, you know, at the time with WWE and uh, WCW, they were like the number three company. So I guess with that in mind. Uh, we're in that position. Uh, naturally, the style that we do is a lot different. But, uh, you know, we're, 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 uh, you know, we're, we make stars in Ring of Honor. And, uh, it's evident from the many guys that have gone on to do great things in the other companies. And, you know, uh, we're, we're, it's natural that we're gonna develop talent and guys are gonna wanna try to make as much money as possible. And, we understand that. You know, we hate to lose guys. We would love to still have Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson, and uh, the list goes on and on, Nigel and Tyler Black. But, you know, it's just the way it is. And, you know, you lose some guys, and then, hey, guess what? Guys come back, which brings me to one of the matches tomorrow night. Two of the Ring of Honor originals, Homicide and Christopher Daniels, who are now both signed with Ring of Honor again. And, you know, that's just the nature of wrestling. Guys guys leave, guys come back, and uh, we'll be seeing two of the originals tomorrow night. Really, you mentioned Samoa Joe just now. Obviously, we found out today that Samoa Joe had re-signed a contract uh, with TNA Wrestling. Had you been in contact with Joe about possibly making a return to Ring of Honor? I, yes, yes. You know, uh, lightly. You know, I, it was more of a thing of just like, you know, let me know what happens kind of thing. And, you know, you're always welcome here. And he is always welcome here, you know. And uh, I, uh, Joe's a great guy. He's a great talent. And uh, deep down, uh, it would have been nice to have another round with some other Joe. You know, who wouldn't want that, you know? But uh, yeah, of course we wanted to. Uh, if if the situation was right, we would we would we would have loved to have him back. Well, it's unfortunate. I, I would have loved to have seen him gone back to Ring of Honor. I mean, I kind of feel like TNA the last five years kind of took his character and flushed it right down the toilet. But you know, it's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I don't want to bash any of the other companies. They do present some good wrestling, but I'll just tell you a brief story. You know, we have the great Jim Cornette working with us, and he's done everything in wrestling, and he's he worked for many, you know, a number of years with TNA before coming back to us now. And uh, I was talking to him, this was, you know, a while ago, and I said, like, Jesus, when, you know, you had the Samoa Joe-Kurt Angle thing, right? That was, like, red hot at the time. And he said, you know, like, he, and I said, and then all of a sudden, it's just, they just rushed it. He goes, Carrie, he goes, you know boxing a little bit, right? I go, sure. He goes, you know old school boxing. I said, well, yeah. I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I, I, I'm a fan. He, I, he says, well, 
He goes, remember Ali and Frazier? I go, of course. He goes, well, he goes, it took him three years to do four, to do, it was three matches. It took him three years to do three matches. And they had Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe do three matches in like five weeks. So, you know, it just, it could have been his effectiveness could have been a lot more, but uh, that's another story. As far as people who might be listening to the show here tonight that aren't familiar with Ring of Honor Wrestling, uh, what can you say that's going to sell them tomorrow night to pick up Final Battle? I promise them that they're going to get more, you know, they're going to see more action in the first half hour of the show than they might see in an entire show with, you know, an entire paper. I mean, look, the other companies, you know, they, they have some good shows. They have some great wrestlers. But Ring of Honor, we pride ourselves. Uh, you know, the uh, the Ring of Honor ethic is, you know, to work hard. And the guys that have wrestled for us, whether it's been in the past, present, and the future, there's a pride. Uh, there's a pride that goes into it. And they want, they, you know, they, everyone feels to be in Ring of Honor, you've got to be the best in the world. There's, a, there's a, a level of athleticism and work that's, like, you know, unparalleled in wrestling. And I could say that, you know, with... Uh, confidence because that's just the way it is so when the guys go out there they're looking to do the absolute best show no one gets cheated anyone buys ring of honor uh at any point no matter where we are whether it's a show in dayton or it's a tv taping no one gets cheated we're looking to give the best show possible because we want you to come back and if you get the show tomorrow night i mean the lineup is so stacked you got the homicide christopher daniels you got an incredible women's match with uh, Awesome Kong and Daisy Hayes against uh, Serena Deeb returning to Ring of Honor after a five-year absence, and uh, uh, Sarah Del Rey, who I wouldn't want to mess with her. Uh, she's tough. It's a great women's match. You have the incredible uh, blow-off to this uh, Kevin Steen El Generico feud. I mean, if this isn't the feud of the year... Uh, I don't know what is. I mean, it's it's been building up, and there has to be a winner. No silly endings. We demand a, a winner without any kind of baloney interference. There's going to be a winner. And the stipulations are, if Generico loses, he unmasks. If Steen loses, he leaves Ring of Honor. And there's going to be a winner. And uh, not to mention another great feud, another feud of the year, the Briscoes. With uh, Papa Briscoe donning the tights against Claudio and the Kings of Wrestling, Claudio Castanoli and Chris Hero. And these guys, now I've seen all these guys come in from day one. I mean, these are the most improved, you know, not to put anyone else down. These guys are so improved. They are at the top of their game, and Shane Hagedorn, their manager, is in this match. So uh, that's going to be, that's gonna be a, a, a crazy brawl. And then, of course, we have the world title match, which is uh, Roderick Strong, the Ring of Honor champion, champion defending the belt against Davy Richards. And Davy Richards, he's an animal. He's, uh, you know, this guy is just so good. And uh, I'm leaving out a few matches. Uh, Colt Cabana against T.J. Perkins. We got a couple new signees uh, who are, if people aren't familiar with these names, these guys are hot. Uh, Adam Cole who uh, signed recently with Kyle O'Reilly, who's one of Davey Richard's students, uh, against against uh, the All Night Express, Kenny King and uh, Red Titus. And the other match 
said, oh, yes, how could I forget? Eddie Edwards against Sanjay Dutt. It was supposed to be against Eddie against Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega hurt his foot in Japan. And we've got Sanjay Dutt coming in, who's a definitely a, a suitable replacement. So it's a stacked card. Um, once again, if you're in the New York area, there will be a few tickets, and they'll be available at the door. But the good news is if you're not in the New York area or you feel like staying in, uh, you can watch the show tomorrow night. Very cool. And what time does the show start tomorrow? 7.30 Eastern Time. And uh, I hope you guys are watching the show. Or maybe come down and say hello. I am going to try and sit down and watch the iPay-Per-View tomorrow. Same here. I'll well, be ordering right on. Right on. This is Carrie Silken of Ring of Honor, and you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. All right, Carrie. thanks so much, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you in the very near future. Good luck with Final Battle tomorrow night. We'll definitely try and check that one out. And, guys, stay tuned to ringofhonorwrestling.com. Thank you. All right, Carrie. thanks. Peace. All right, that was Carrie Silken, the owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Yeah, and I will definitely be picking up that pay-per-view um, in the morning. It should be fun. The card looks stacked, as you say, so... Before our little impromptu interview with Carrie Silken, we were talking about one of the recent news items. Batista's daughter, Athena Batista, uh, is involved in somewhat of a, of a sex scandal, as it were. The video has been uh, put up on the web with her and her, her alleged boyfriend. And uh, I've seen the video, and i got to be honest, I don't think there is a career in porn for Athena Batista. And I mean that with the biggest respect to Dave Batista, which I'm going to get into in a second. That video was so damn boring. I mean, literally, it was bad. And even from the standpoint that it was a bad video, this guy, the boyfriend, has to be the dumbest son of a bitch on the planet. And I say that because do you realize who her father is? We're talking about fucking Batista. I mean, this guy's got a bad attitude. You know, he had a rough upbringing in Washington, D.C. He's capable of taking this guy and beating the living shit out of him. I mean, what would the, what, this guy was, is looking into the camera the whole time he's putting it to, to Batista's daughter. I mean, just, you know, she's even like grabbing his head and making him look at her. It's ridiculous. I mean, does this idiot think that he's going to do something? I mean, you're fucking Batista's daughter on fucking tape and you're excited about it you know as as a father myself i have three children you know i'm stepfather to two one is 14 one is nine and then i have a three-year-old as well if any of my daughters ever have a sex video first of all i'm gonna fucking lock their asses in the basement for the rest of their fucking lives but the motherfucker that's putting it to them and made the video they will never find his body. I mean, how embarrassing is it for a guy like Batista, who's trying to further his career, who has a, a credible name in professional wrestling that's going into, say, MMA with Strike Force or trying to do movies, and, and you have the balls to do this? I mean, granted, his daughter is just as guilty as this guy, but as a yeah, father, but, you, you just don't put up with shit like that. But Batista can't beat up his daughter, but he can sure as hell beat up the, beat up the guy that, that did it. And you know that guy's a bit angry, so I'm sure if Petita finds him, he won't be, that guy won't be walking anyway for a long, long time. Well, you know, I know she's 18, she's of age, but it's still embarrassing, and it's a stupid thing to do. I mean, why anybody would film themselves having sex without knowing... Well, I mean, obviously she knew it was going to come out because they, they apparently plan on making more. 
I just I don't understand it. I mean, I really don't, and, and I feel bad for Batista, but I feel worse for this little guy because when Batista gets his hands on you, I don't know who's going to jail first, Jeff Hardy or Batista. It depends where. But it ain't uh, looking too Batista, good. It depends where Batista does the murder, because if 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 it's in Carolina, he'll get away with it for a few years. I I, just, I would love to see the video response to the aftermath where Batista busts down the fucking door. And starts playing a beating on this son of a bitch, and then like power bombs him off a fucking bridge somewhere. I mean, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe Wrestling News Live will come up with the exclusive audio on that. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. But um, let's go to the phone lines. I do believe I have a call on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Unplugged. This is Rick. How are you guys? Rick, long time no speak. What's up? You guys are on Fridays now. Yeah, I moved yep. from Tuesday to Friday to cover SmackDown. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all good. What's and he's in England. It's like four in the morning, ain't it? Oh, yeah. How about four, yeah. Oh, well, sorry for you, too. So I do have this video, right? And I, I said, oh, Batista's not a great. It's going to be great. It's awful. You can't see nothing. Her hair's in the way when she's doing one thing. And then the other thing is just like, uh, that's it? That's all you're doing? And they want to make more? All I can say about that is practice or something, or get a cameraman. I'm telling you, do something to spice it up. Have some entrance music. I mean, do something. I mean, you know, I mean, not not that I wanted to see Batista's daughter naked, but you don't see anything from her except her doing the act. You couldn't even tell if she was hot. See, that was the problem I had. I was like, okay, is she hot? I mean, well, what? She kind of looked like her dad in the face, and that was kind of creepy in itself. She had really long hair, so you really couldn't see much. I mean... Well, th- th- there was a little bit when she was going down on him. You could see her face a yeah. little bit. And again, it looked like Batista to me. I don't know. I, I just. Like, ah, get your dick sucked by Batista. <laughs> oh, I, it's bad. It, it, it's I, you know what, like I said, I, I feel bad for Batista. I know people are like, why do you feel bad for Batista? Because as a father, I, I can feel his pain. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's one thing to know that your daughter is out having sex with somebody, it's another to actually have it on fucking on the internet. Where everybody can watch it. Fucking heathens are going to make more. They're living off his dime. They have to be, right? Which point do you say to her, well, good luck to you. I'm not giving you another penny. Yeah, she could be getting disowned. But I, 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 don't, I don't like this guy's chances. I don't think he's going to make it to his next birthday. I don't know if it's her or if he's got another daughter, but he's got grandkids. Oh, yeah, he's a grandfather. He's been a grandfather for about two years. I don't know if that was the same daughter or not, because I think she did have a kid when she was 16. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but... So I don't know. It seems like high-class family. I don't know. I don't know. Could be like that Miley Cyrus girl smoking friggin' salvia. (laughs) Anyway, guys, uh, it's past my bedtime. That's part of the reason why you don't hear from me that much. But uh, keep up the good work. I heard you talk about video games and stuff like that now. Is that true? Yeah, I I do a little video gaming in the second hour. We like to... I'll be talking a little bit about some uh, Force Unleashed 2 DLC that came out this week, so... What console is that on? It's on PS3, I believe it's on the Wii, and it's on the Xbox 360. I think it's even on PS2. I'll have to probably listen and see. Is, is it like a $60 game? This is my biggest problem with the, the games. They're like 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the new games when they come out are 60 bucks. And then if you have downloadable content, you know, that, that can run you anywhere from, uh, you know, 10 it's bucks like, to here, 20 bucks. 60 bucks, and then you can give us like another 40 bucks to get the rest of the game. Like, <laughs> seriously? Well, the the latest DLC wasn't bad. It it only cost you a buck, and it's well worth it. All right, guys. Have yourself a good night. I didn't mean to bring your party to a screeching halt, but 
talk more about porn that wasn't really good. <laughs> I downloaded it to my computer for my personal use, though. I'll just say that. Oh, you're a bad man, Rick. I'm a bad man. And by the way, I am furious that I wasn't nominated for a radio award this year. What's up with that? You got to talk with uh, with Brian and find out why you I'll guys weren't nominated. You, you guys said you were giving other people chances this year. What's going on with that? Well, Casey was ripshit about it, but I don't particularly care because it's fixed. Well, you guys were the People's Choice winners last year. You guys, if you guys don't win, right, you know who's going to win. Who's that? Don't you? Come on. I'm pretty sure Wrestling News Live is going to win this year. I'll give you a guess. It's either going to be that show or the show that's on the same night as you. Oh, you're talking about Monday Night Mayhem? Yeah. I mean, come on. And it's been that way for 15 years or as long as they've done it. I think that it was been Get in the Ring, WNL, and Monday Night Mayhem, but the only people who have ever won that award. I hear you. So it's not that I don't agree. I think you guys do a tremendous job, and I like that you guys are starting to do more interviews. So, My fault. <laughs> what Your fault. I missed, I missed that. Did you do some bad production? Eh. No, no. He was saying we're doing more interviews on this show, Crelly, but you're not booking Wrestling News Live that much. Yeah, you guys got some good people. You, who, you had Kerry Silken on. He don't even take my calls anymore. There you go. I know that Crelly booked us ODB for this Monday on WNL, Just, so that's going to be Jessie's good. Jessie's such a nice girl. Oh, she I like is. her. I've worked a couple shows nice. with her. She's awesome. All right, guys. I guess there's somebody else on the line, so I'll let them uh, blow some hot air, and I'll, I'm going home. So have a good one. All right, Rick. Good talking to you, buddy. Yep. See you, mate. Let's go back to the phone lines. I do have another call on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? You know, I didn't plan on calling the show tonight, JJ. It's TM Bronx, but, you know, thank you for ruining my evening and possibly the rest of my life for making me, you know, now that I've watched that video, think about Batista instead of his damn daughter. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm getting heat. I'm getting heat in the chat room from Rodriguez saying that Batista's daughter doesn't look like Batista and that Lacey Von Eric doesn't look like her dad either. You guys must be looking at something totally different. <laughs> Lacey is it, hot. It, 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 that. it has nothing to do with the fact that I would want to see Batista with a dick in his mouth because that's not the case. <laughs> oh, shit. But let's call a spade a spade. I think, w, I, I think WWE booking already made him put a dick in his mouth, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, this is like the Lawrence Fishburne thing. Maybe she's mad at Daddy. I mean, how, what better way to get back at your father, man, if you're, I mean, I don't mean to be sexist, but if you're a female, what better freaking way? I mean, maybe she wants to humiliate his ass for some reason. I don't see why, but, you know, we don't know the whole story, I guess. Well, all I know is that she put herself in a compromising position that's embarrassing to her family, especially her, her father, who has done a great job in providing her a living. I'm pretty sure he probably pays for a lot of her expenses. So not exactly the best way to repay daddy, just saying. No. And the second thing I wanted to bring up real quick is, which do you know which Hardy is the older Hardy, Matt or Jeff? Uh, I believe Matt is the older Hardy. By three years. You know, you know, something about this that really bothers me is I have a younger brother. And it's like... The, the thing that, that puzzles me about Matt is that do you not see the road your, your little brother's going down? I mean, if he was a man, he should really try to do something to help his brother. TNA's not going to do nothing to help him. WWE obviously washed their hands of him. I mean, if you're Matt Hardy, don't you say, look, bro, you know, you, you're taking all these freaking drugs. 
you're getting, I mean, I know Matt probably dabbles in shit himself, but your little brother, I mean, it's getting to the point where I almost see, and I, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, as uh, Jeff Hardy as the next wrestling death we're going to have to deal with. I mean, he's really going downhill. And besides that, I mean, his promo last night was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it, it, it sucked a dick worse than Batista's daughter. Really. Oh, you realize, TM Brox, what you have brought on me. You realize that now the next YouTube shoot video is going to be Batista wanting to rip my fucking head off. Thank you so much, TM Brox. Don't worry, man. I got you back. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll make sure I, I'll, I don't know if I'll defend you, but I'll call the police while he's whipping your ass. I won't let it go too far. That, that's a real friend. I appreciate the fact that while I'm getting Batista bombed off the fucking bridge, you're going to be calling 911 saying, hey, this guy just got power bombed up the bridge. <laughs> what a friend, man. Thanks so much. No, I think he's more interested in the guy who's uh, pounding his daughter than Mr. J.J. Sexay. But anyway, man, have a good evening. Great shit as always. Uh, take care, J.J. All right, Brox. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye, man. Oh, it's an interesting night here on Unplugged. You know, I think a good song of the night would be the the internet for porn. That would be a great song of the night. If I can find it, I'll find it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you can find it, then definitely I'll I'll play it. But I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting night. Lots of news that came out. Again, I'm a little mortified at the fact that Batista's daughter is doing porn videos and she wants to do more. And poor Batista. You know, even the, from what I understand. I read a report this past week that the video had been the talk of the backstage in the WWE. Yep. How embarrassing is it? I don't know, man. It, that's that's just, ugh. Again, hate me or not, I, I, I feel bad for Batista. Nobody deserves this. Nobody deserves this at all. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty sucking to have your daughter fucking some guy on YouTube. Um what else? Um, so yeah, this Monday we you guys will be having ODB on Wrestling News Live. This Tuesday on the very special Tuesday episode of Unplugged, we we will be having the the the, uh, former, the former manager of Umogo, Estrando. Uh, I, I can't even say his name. I'll do it. 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 do it. I believe it is Armando Alejandro Estrada. Yes, he he will be our he will be our special guest on this special uh, this coming uh, Tuesday's special unplugged. Yes, it'll be the before Christmas special edition, and it's actually going to be the last official unplugged of 2010, as we were going to be taking a break going into the new year, and of course we'll be back in January on our typical Friday time slot. But a lot of radio being produced starting tonight with for me. Like I'm, I'm gonna be probably a cranky motherfucker over the next week because I've got unplugged tonight. Uh, we're bringing back the Pro Wrestling Rewind for a special three-hour show tomorrow night, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Andy Knowles, uh, myself, Harmony's gonna show up. Who knows? Who's? I even heard that even Mike Siciliano might be on the show tomorrow night. So interesting Pro Wrestling Rewind tomorrow night on the SNS Radio Network. Sunday, we're back with the TLC pay-per-view coverage for Sunday Night Showdown. And then we've got ODB on Monday night, myself and Trey. And then Tuesday, we slide right back into Unplugged once again for the final edition of 2010. 
And then Wednesday, I think Trey and I are getting together to tape the Christmas Craptacular. So yours truly is going to be a mad motherfucker working his ass off for the next six days. So after this, I'm taking the rest of the fucking month off. And you know, uh, part of my over my overbooking, I've actually I've actually I've actually booked a, a guest for the 14th of the first, the unplugged on the on the Friday. And I do believe we'll be one of his first interviews since being released from the WWE. Did you and I will be interviewing Shad Gaspar? Oh yeah, first. Shad. Oh, there was something I wanted to talk about. I totally forgot to bring this up when I was doing the SmackDown recap. Did you see JTG tonight? What his weird uh, um, kind of uh, crime time ripoff segment? What the? F- How did he slide under the radar? Why is he not in future endeavored? After fucking Monday when he fucked up the Slammy Awards, it was like, oh, it's Lakeul beating uh, Mae Young. Like, he couldn't even fucking read the cue card. Yeah, but you see, right now, WWE just likes to cut tight him in half. That's when they released, uh, when they, when, for example, when they released uh, Beretta and kept Croft or, or whatever way around is. And they, and, and they released Vart, uh, Lance Hoyt and kept Kurt Hawkins. They seem to, just like cutting tight him in half right now. I just, I just, I don't understand what the big deal with JTG is. I've never found his work that great. And of all the guys released, why wasn't he one of them? But I digress. Somebody asked a minute ago, uh, the Pro Wrestling Rewind tomorrow night is actually going to be a live show. We will be taking your phone calls. So it will hmm. be a special live edition. Never in the history of the Pro Wrestling Rewind has Andy Knowles been able to do a live show where they've taken uh, phone calls. And we're going to be doing that special tomorrow night on the SNS Radio Network. I've been on that show once. That is when I, quote-unquote, you know, I, quote-unquote, inrated the, the uh, tapings that, that, that they were doing. Much to Mike's anger. True uh, that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the no news. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, FHTH Crelly, FHTH Online. And, yeah, I'll be back this Tuesday night with JJ covering SmackDown on a very special Tuesday night unplug. Are you threatening people or are you just telling them? I don't know. Both. <laughs> Maybe both. Eh, it'll work out. All right, Krells, thanks for stopping by, and uh, good job on booking uh, Kerry Silkin tonight, man. You are welcome. And after Xmas, I, I won't book so many interviews. I'll, I'll still book some just because I can. You're the hardest-working motherfucker behind the scenes booking people, man. I'll give you credit on that one. Now, I think you win the hardest-working motherfucker on, on the network. I'm second, but you're definitely first. I'm probably the hardest-working producer in fucking professional internet radio these days. And if you don't win host of the year at the Wrestling Radio Awards, cheap plug, I will be shocked. Yeah, and speaking of that, if you haven't voted today at the Wrestling Radio Awards, feel free to do so. Mm-hmm. For host of the year, show of the year... People show of the year, uh, media interview of the year, male interview of the year, and female interview of the year. Female interview of the year, Shelly Martinez on Unplugged. The only nomination for Unplugged. Do it. I'm not Make quite sure happen. how you and I spam that enough time to get it voted. Well, true that. It's you know, it's a work in progress, but uh, I'm I'm confident that the SNS WNL family will uh, will take us to victory as we will steamroll the competition and walk away victorious, sweeping every award possible. For this network and the shows on this network, because I have faith. You know that and we're the that best. Would, it's true. That would make me a one-time award winner. I I I would feel special. I would have won won an award. 
Yeah, because I have to give you credit. You carried that interview with Shelly. So you, uh, you, if, if you, in fact, if we do win Female Interview of the Year, the award is yours, Crelly. I, I bequeath it to you. Sweet. So on that fantastic note, I will depart. And who knows? It's pretty early in the, uh, in the afternoon. I might return at some point. All right, brother. Well, it was good hearing from you. And I will uh, talk to you in the very near future, my friend. Good night. Peace. All right, with that said, it's time for our first commercial break, our only commercial break of the night. I'm going to come back, shift the focus. We're going to talk a little bit of gaming, a little bit of movie talk, because there's some interesting tidbits that I found out today that I want to share with you guys. And, of course, I'm going to review the latest DLC for The Force Unleashed 2 right after this. We'll be right back, guys. Awesome! I came to Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. This is WWE TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs. TLC is high risk. TLC is anything goes. TLC is no holds barred. TLC is the one night in WWE where everything is legal. WWE TLC, live Sunday, December 19th on Pay-Per-View. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. 
Sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Down in the workshop, all the elves are making toys for the good Gentile girls. Gentile boys, when the boss busted in, nearly scared him half to death. Had a rifle in his hands and cheap whiskey on his breath. From his beard to his boots, he was covered with ammo. Like a big fat drunk, disgruntled Yuletide Rambo. And he smiled as he said, with a twinkle in his eye, Merry Christmas to all. Now you're all gonna die. The is gone now, he decided to bomb it, everywhere you'll find pieces of Cupid and Comet, and he tied up his helpers, and he held the elves hostage, and he ground up more Rudolph into reindeer sausage, he got Dancer and Prancer, with an old German Luger, and he slashed up Dasher just like Freddy Krueger, and he picked up a flamethrower, and he barbecued Blitzen, and he took a big bite and said it
All right, guys, we're back unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Feeling like a little bit of some King Seamus fella. You know what? I'm really looking forward to TLC on Sunday. Uh, I, I really think that we're going to see some really good matches. Obviously, there's a ladder match where we're going to see the contract for the number one contendership to the WWE Championship between King Seamus of Ireland, Bella, and the Shaman of Sexy, John Morrison, a guy that I like a lot. I, I, I'm really behind John Morrison. I think that, you know, despite the bad rap he gets on the interwebs, a lot of the IWC likes to talk shit about John Morrison. And it's usually that he can't work a style. I Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. But come on, people. Stop bitching. John Morrison works the style that he was taught by World Wrestling Entertainment. And let me point out that John Morrison is not a guy that worked the independence before he came to the WWE. He fucking won Tough Enough. And that's he's been with the WWE ever since. He's never wrestled anywhere else in his life. So his style was taught to him by the powers that be, the trainers of World Wrestling Entertainment. So when people bitch about John Morrison and Kofi Kingston and guys of that nature, do we not understand that they're trained by the trainers of the WWE? And if you don't like that style, it's because the WWE has changed the way their wrestlers work in the ring. I don't understand all the negativity. I don't understand all the heat from the IWC. I don't. I don't get it. I think John Morrison is a great superstar. Does he miss stuff sometimes? Absolutely he does. He's gotten better. There was a point there, what, last year or earlier this year where he was missing moves left and right. I don't know when he had connected with Starship Pain. There was a couple times he would graze people. But he's back on track. He's getting a renewed push. And my pick for TLC, John Morrison's going to go over. He's going to face the Miz at the Royal Rumble because this is going to be a good match. It's going to protect Miz. And it's going to give Morrison an opportunity to step up into that main event scene. Maybe I'm the only one that doesn't have a problem with it. But just saying. Sorry to go off on a rant. So moving on, now we're going to talk a little bit about video gaming. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, this past week we saw the release of the DLC pack for the Force Unleashed 2. And it basically takes place on indoor. And Crelly sent me a message. Yes, the VGAs did happen last week. We're going to be talking about those here in just a few moments. But uh, let me go ahead and shift the focus to the Force Unleashed 2. We get some mood music playing in the background while I discuss this game because I had a fun time playing it. And the DLC, guys, is only a buck. I mean, you can't go wrong with a dollar DLC for the Force Unleashed 2 unless you just didn't like the Force Unleashed 2. So let me set this up for you. The DLC pack for Force Unleashed 2 takes place if you basically takes place in the dark side ending of the game. If you're not familiar with the endings, I'm about to spoil them for you. In the dark side ending of the Force Unleashed 2, you find out as Starkiller that Darth Vader had perfected a clone of Starkiller and bent him to his will, an evil apprentice clone, if you will, who kills the original Starkiller or the, the original clone of Starkiller, as they would have you believe and goes off on his merry way to destroy the rest of the Rebellion. So the story picks up around Return of the Jedi, 
where you've got the Battle of Endor going on, where they're trying to take down these shield generators so that the Rebel fleet can make their attack on the second Death Star. Uh, interesting plot here is the fact that Luke Skywalker, of course, was killed by the Sith Apprentice prior to these events, which left you with Han, Chewie, and Princess Leia, who in Luke's absence has become a Jedi on her own. Uh, the best part of this DLC for me was the different costume packs. You get to play as you can play as Admiral Akbar, uh, that skin. You can play as Luke with his Dagobah fatigues. Um, just there's so many different. Boba Fett is even a costume that you can play as far as skins are. Um, the best part for me was landing on Endor and punt kicking fucking Ewoks. I mean. I loved punt-kicking Jawas in the first one. But you get to punt-kick Ewoks. How cool is that? Oh, so good. I had such a great time playing this. I think I beat it in about an hour. But an hour worth of just fun stuff. And it was very challenging if you have it on Unleashed because some of the enemies will throw everything and their mother at you. Um, the Han and, and Chewie fight, the boss fight, was pretty interesting. You have Chewbacca in the uh, at- ST, the ATST, the chicken walker. And he's firing at you. Han is on top of the bunker, trying to blow up the bunker. Of course, you have Ewoks still attacking you as you're trying to take down the chicken walker. Uh, your final cutscene with that, you basically make your way up to the top, pull Chewbacca out of the, uh, the chicken walker, and use him as a human shield as Han Solo fires two shots at you with his blaster. And they hit Chewbacca in the back. So the mighty Chewbacca dies at the hands of Han Solo. You then leap off of the chicken walker and basically impale Han Solo. So this DLC is a lot about killing off some of your original trilogy characters. I, I felt bad about killing Han and Chewbacca, considering their place in the Star Wars universe. But it was gratifying at the same time because I enjoyed the story. Of course, you make your way into the bunker. You're not only killing rebels, but you're killing Imperial Stormtroopers as well as you make your way to your final boss of the game, Princess Leia, who informs you that she's now a Jedi. And she's a tough little bitch to beat on Unleashed. I'm telling you, the bitch is hard to beat because all she does is run from you. She goes up to the top of this uh, this tower thing, and you literally have to like throw force balls at her, like the, the force push, to knock her off. And it's very satisfying once you do kill her. The ending left me somewhat perplexed, as it looks like they're setting up for the next DLC pack. The ending, basically, uh, Starkiller kills Princess Leia. Then you go to a cutscene where the Emperor and Darth Vader are in the throne room of the second Death Star. And the Emperor says, our victory is complete, but there's one thing left to do. As he's talking to Darth Vader the whole time, he gets up out of his little throne chair. He walks up behind Vader, talking about how you failed me for the last time. Did you think I wouldn't know about your damn clone? And like a bitch, Darth Vader goes out with the lightning. From behind, the Emperor just starts shooting him with the Force lightning. Vader never even draws his lightsaber. He just stands there like a bitch. I was very, very unimpressed with the ending. I mean, could Darth Vader maybe have fought a little bit? Is he really that much of a pussy? I don't know. 
but that is the ending to the game uh, with the DLC. And, of course, the Emperor basically tells his Star Destroyers to make their way to the planet and kill the clone. So, goes back to Starkiller, who's on the platform after killing Princess Leia, meditating. And you see the Star Destroyers in the background. And that's when it cuts off. So, again, the DLC's a buck. It's worth it. It's a fun playthrough. If, if anything else, just for the Force powers and punt-kicking Ewoks. I mean, I just wish there was a football goal. You could just punt the little motherfucker through the goal. But apparently there's not. I'm looking forward to the next DLC pack for the Force Unleashed 2. So, with that said, I'm going to give this a B. It's not great. It's not bad. But it's worth a buck. So definitely check it out if you have the time and the money on Xbox Live or on the PSN Network. So that is my review, obviously, for The Force Unleashed 2. Or the DLC pack, anyway. Oh, so I'm going to be opening up the phone lines. I do have uh, some other things. We're going to talk about the VGAs here momentarily. I do have some other things that I want to want to cover as well. Uh, for those of you that are big fans of the Iron Man franchise, and, well, who's not? Those two movies were really good. Although I really preferred the first one to the second one. The second one wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as the first one, per se. Um, if you didn't know, they are working on Iron Man 3. However, a familiar face will not be back for Iron Man 3, as John Favreau, the director for both installments 1 and 2, um, has signed on to do other projects. Obviously, he's working with uh, the Cowboys and Aliens movie that's going to come out next year. And he's also slated, he's got a deal with Disney where he's going to do a movie about the Magic Kingdom. So it looks like John Favreau is out of Iron Man 3. Kind of makes you wonder who they're going to bring in to direct that movie. So we will find out in the very near future. So it's, it's a sad day if you're a John Favreau fan and you liked the Iron Man franchise because it's either going to get better or it's going to get worse. And without Jon Favreau behind the uh, the camera, I'm almost thinking it's it's going to get worse. But that's my opinion. Let me see, what other news did I have? Oh, hold on a second. I do believe we're going to go to the Skype line. I believe I have a phone call coming through. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What's up, JJ? Hey, it's the sensational Sean. That's right. The uh, one and only, as far as I'm concerned. How's everything going tonight? Oh, you know, everything's good. I'm just looking in the chat room, and Tyrant says, probably we'll get the director of X-Men 3. Uh, no, we don't want Brett Ratner directing anything with the Marvel franchise. <laughs> uh, keep Brian Singer away from him, too. We don't need him touching up anything. Well, Brian Singer did a great job with the first two X-Men movies. Superman, uh, not so much. But yeah, and speaking of which, that's got the green light too. As most of you know, they are going to be working on a Superman reboot with uh, director Zack Snyder. Wait, JJ, it's a reboot of a reboot of a reboot. Yes. <laughs> Am I one of the only people that still like the 1978 Superman with Chris Reeve? I mean, no, I absolutely love it. It's a it's a definite geek extravaganza with the original. Uh, it's really the only one that anybody cares about. I mean, uh, doesn't I, care about. I mean, I uh, like I like one and two. Like three sucked, four was bad. 
You know, the, the first two Superman movies were really good. But other than that, I mean, they've, they've kind of went downhill. I mean, Superman Returns was good to a point. It had some interesting aspects to it. I, I didn't mind Brandon Roth playing Superman because he kind of closely resembles Christopher Reeve. But aside from that, the storyline was whack. And we had a shitty Lex Luthor. No offense to Kevin Spacey, but he sucked. Yeah, if they had written Kevin Spacey's part a lot better, I think it would have been a whole lot better because... Kevin Spacey is an amazing actor, and I really wish they had uh, given him a little bit better lines and some of that stuff because they really kind of screwed him up. I think Trey's talking to uh, Athena Batista in the chat room. Neil before <laughs> dog. Oh my. That's just yes. bad. It's bad. It's bad. Well, as I, as I thought about tonight, Trey is the, uh, the crazy uncle who sits in the corner hitting on the girlfriend of our brother who just came in. So that is definitely Trey. He's a bad dude, that Trey dog. <laughs> yeah, he's he's out there. Um, I just got home actually, so I as soon as I got home, I heard you were talking about um, I heard you were talking about actually the DLC for Star Wars: Force Unleashed too, and I'm kind of interested in that. So I'm really glad to hear a respect uh, perspective on that. So thank you very much for that. Oh man, I you know what I had a blast. I've actually gone through and played it twice. Uh, you know, the first time I went through, I played it on like just, you know, the normal, uh, I guess it was hard difficulty. And then I went through again, I'm still playing unleashed and it's, oh, it's a pain on unleashed. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm pretty sure I still haven't beaten the original campaign yet. And I'm kind of on, on the sequel and I'm still kind of like, do I want to finish it? I really don't want to sit there and play it that much longer. Oh, I'll, I'll play it later. And it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's put me in a weird mood to play. I mean, I've been on black ops a lot lately. Uh, playing with uh, some of my GameStop guys, and I've been playing Alan Wake again, playing the DLC for that, and it's just gotten, uh, it's sitting there, but it's it's kind of sitting to the side, and I, I want to play it, I want to finish it, and fall out New Vegas, and uh, try to finish uh, Red Dead Redemption, and Dragon Age, and it's just kind of, I want to play, but no, I'm going to go play Black Ops instead. Now, so. See, I want to go back and, and finish Dragon Age, I never beat the game, I, I came damn close, uh, I just stopped playing it because I had other things going on. I've been so busy, I haven't been able to do anything. I mean, I mean, I've just, I, I do have a points card. I want to go in and pick up. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, not only do we have the Force Unleashed DLC released this week, but also a classic, classic arcade game released on Xbox Live. I know Trey has spent many a quarters playing this game, and so have I. The X Men arcade game from like 1992. That came out this week, and I was, uh, everybody, it's only, and in all honesty, it's only up there for about two months. So if you want it now, you better get it now, because after two months, it's gone. So. Well, and, and I've heard there's, a, I've heard a lot of reviews on it, and it, I mean, I'll probably review it next week on Tuesday, but um, you can play six-player multiplayer on Xbox Live, which is pretty schwank. That's pretty cool. So I'll definitely be picking that up in the next day or so and uh, hitting it online. I mean, I, I did pick up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, when that came out for Xbox Live, because that was another one that I used to put a lot of quarters in playing back in the day. So I'm very nostalgic when it comes to my early 90s video games. Yeah, it's definitely... They're really getting a lot of nostalgia games out there, and I'm really happy to see that, but I'm also hoping for a little bit better arcade games to come out um, I love seeing that soldier. Don't get don't get me wrong. I mean, getting my eighty, 
my 80s and 90s game out there is really fun sometimes. But uh, right now, I'm really hoping for some really good arcade games, kind of on point with uh, Hydrophobia and Trials HD. I mean, both of those games were really amazing, and I'm really hoping for some uh, newer arcade games that are on par with that. And to but, THQ, uh, if you're listening, you want to make me happy? WrestleFest, the old arcade game. Get the rights and put it on Xbox Live. People will buy it. If you make it, they will come. <laughs> Some of okay. them, li- quite literally. Oh, my Lord. Just saying. Or, as Tyrant just said in the chat, Saturday Night Slam Masters. If somebody puts that on the Xbox arcade i will buy it in a heartbeat i wish i wish capcom would actually just make a saturday night slam masters wrestling game now with current gen graphics and where you could make your own characters i mean you know same arcade-ish gameplay that would be so awesome but you know it's wrestling what do you do yeah they just don't care about wrestling anymore it just sucks but I, i definitely know where you're coming from trust me but uh Let's see. I guess we want to talk a little bit about Spike VGAs. Yeah, hosted by Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. I, you know what? I love the opening to the show. That you know they're singing and dancing, and then Neil Patrick Harris comes out with the freaking guns and you know blows everybody away. I thought, man, that's a great opening, especially for for Neil Patrick Harris in PH in the house. He's it's it's crazy. He's doing a lot of. Uh, hosting for all a lot of award shows recently and it's really crazy to see him out there doing it for every single one and coming up with fresh new stuff every single one i mean halfway through it i believe he came out with an angry um angry chickens or angry angry birds joke and i I thought that was hilarious when he put the chicken in the in the catapult and was about to pull it and the producer comes out and says hey we can't do that peter's going crazy that that was great he's like peter just called no ixnay on that no (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, oh, uh, okay. But you know what? I, I felt like a, a sense of uh, that the thing was rigged, considering that he won for you know human acting of the year for his, his portrayal of uh, Spider-Man in Shattered Dimensions. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you telling me that the guy that played John Marston didn't win that award? Fuck you. Yeah, he won Best Performance by a Human Male. And, I mean, out of the list of people who are in this category he winning him winning kind of throws like hey something's wrong here because look at these names we got daniel craig who was james bond and james bond double seven bloodstone gary oldman as sergeant reznov in call of duty black ops i mean gary freaking oldman john cleese as jasper fable 3 martin sheen as the elusive man of mass effect 2 nathan fillion as sergeant edward buck halo reach i don't really remember him but uh Rob Wythoff as John Marston, Red Dead Redemption, and Sam Worthington as Alex Mason in Call of Duty Black Ops. See, I, I, mean, I figured it was either going to be one of the guys for Black Ops or Red Dead Redemption. I really wish Gary Oldman had won because Gary Oldman is one of my favorite actors. I mean, he's he's really come into his own since Harry Potter really came out. I mean, I've loved him, and he can change his, his perspective or his look to go with uh, whatever he's doing. Um Either him or Nathan Fillion. If Nathan Fillion had won, I would have probably cried and come at the same time. Now, speaking of Nathan Fillion, I'm very, and I think I mentioned this on your Facebook page, I am very 
angered and upset that they have decided to make the Drake's Fortune movie and cast, of all people, fucking Marky Mark Wahlberg. Are you fucking kidding me? Did we see how bad he was in Max Payne? At least Nathan Fillion was... Ba- I mean, like you look at pictures of Nathan Fillion and you compare them to Nathan Drake. And it's no surprise that he looks a lot like Nathan Fillion. And Nathan Fillion even went on a campaign to play this character in the movie. And now the studios decided to go with Mark Wahlberg. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, I'm... As soon as I heard that, and I was, I just put my head down on my hands and, and shook my head. I was like, really? Really? And I'm really hoping this comes to be a point of why they did with Back to the Future. Shoot the movie, shoot the movie for about five weeks, and I'm like, yeah, he's not working out too well. And then they just bring in Nathan Fillion, and he, he films it. I mean, it's pretty much going to be, if Nathan Fillion was cast in it, he would have probably maxed out the theaters as is, because everybody wants to see Nathan Fillion, period. Nathan Fillion is an amazing actor. I mean, everybody wants to see him. And they screwed up by choosing Mark Wahlberg. What was the last movie he actually made money for? I mean... He hasn't been a draw in a long time. And, and that's the thing. I remember when he got cast as Max Payne, he actually said something to the effect of he's not big into video games and he doesn't play video games, doesn't like playing video game characters. So this would be his second straight video game character in a row after he butchered you know that franchise and Max Payne. Now all you PS3 fanboys that are that are fans of you know obviously Uncharted, you're gonna have to deal with Marky Mark destroying that franchise as well. Guess it's I, good I to kinda, be on the 360. I kind of get the feeling. I'm sorry. Kind of get the feeling that uh, Uwe Boll is behind this somehow. I don't know why. It's just all of a sudden I feel like Uwe Boll is gonna come out and say, "Hey, guess what? I'm the director for this movie too." Ha! And then the world will end in, in a fiery cataclysm. I'm almost thinking if Uwe Boll did the movie and cast Nathan Fillion, it would be a success. If Uwe Boll came up and said, hey, I chose Nathan Fillion for the movie, I hope y'all are good with this, pretty much everybody who wants to see the movie will say, who are you again? Because you got him. You know what? We don't care who you are. Just, just go do the movie. We don't care. Tyrant's, I mean, asking, Tyrant's asking in the chat room what Nathan Fillion has been in. There was a series called Firefly. And the movie was Serenity, had a cult following. He, for a while, was he even starred uh, on a soap opera. He was on One Life to Live mm-hmm. for a little bit. He's been in, like, just tons of shit. I mean, I he, he had a series, I guess it's still in the air, called Castle. Yes, it's still in the air. It's in its fourth season almost now. Um, he also did a show on uh, Fox called Drive, which ended up getting canceled, and it's almost uh 10th episode. Which sucked because that was a good series. It was. It was really good. And um, it was just crazy. Let me type this in right quick. Nathan Fillion. Oh, you're typing his name in for somebody in the chat? I'm, I'm typing the name in for Tyron on the on the chat. Uh, that is the spelling of the name. If I'm sure, I could be wrong. But that looks his right. role... It does look right, but it could Except be Except I think you, I think you might have too many L's. It should be F I L L I O N, Fillion. I got it right. Yes. Um, but his role in Serenity was uh, probably one of the best roles I have seen by any actor in a long time. I aim um, to be misbehaving. That's right. Uh, uh, you know, I, I love the speak in the in the Firefly series. 
you know the way the way they talk i mean it's not you know traditional it's almost like old you know like cowboy speak well that's what we that's what we call the show it's cowboy in space that's what we call it basically yeah pretty much that's what it seems like and what, um, a, what a great cast not only him i mean uh you know what is it, adam baldwin yes and I, the rest of the the names of the cast you know that fail totally me. escaped me at the moment summer glow was in it oh man summer glow one of the hottest Terminators ever to be created. And that chick that's on uh, Stargate Atlantis, she was on there too. Yes. Jewel something. Um, Jewel Kaylee. Something. Jewel State. Jewel State, yes. Yeah. Good show. See, I, I missed the original run of Firefly on TV. And I went to go see Serenity and I was hooked. And I'm like, shit, I gotta go pick up this 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 compilation. I gotta I gotta watch the series. Loved it. Good stuff. I was lucky to pick it up. Um I actually went we went to a Walmart here in uh in Moorhead City down here in North Carolina. And um, I was looking for it after I saw the movie, and I was like, hey, I'm looking for this show called Firefly. Oh, yeah, we got one left over here. Are you the person who called for it earlier? No. Oh, well, he's supposed to be coming in. I'm like, is there any possibility I can still buy it? Sure. We won't sell it to him. Don't worry. Here you go. And they gave it to me, and I was just like, it was 20 bucks at the time. I was like, yes. And I was really happy to pick it up for only 20 bucks. That's just so wrong. I would have said, yeah, I'm the one that called you. <laughs> I would have totally ran off with it. Uh, I'm too nice. You know that. Yeah, that, that's your downfall. So, anyway, let's let's shift away from Nathan Fillion. If you get a chance to watch Firefly and Serenity, definitely check it out. Good actor, that Nathan Fillion. I guess you could call him a character actor. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, let's get to some of these awards, I guess. Or, actually, you know what? Forget the award for a second. Let's talk about some of the... Uh, the debuts that happened at the Spike VGA Awards. Uh, first off, the one that comes to mind first is Mass Effect Three. Yes. How awesome was that announcement? It makes me want to go play Mass Effect Two that I have not played yet. I uh, I literally purchased that game about three weeks ago. I found it at Walmart in the bargain bin for like twenty bucks, and I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. Because I haven't played it yet, so uh, it's on my to-do list. I'll obviously play it before Mass Effect 3 comes out. But yes, the the trailer for it was awesome. Uh, I love the Mass Effect series, so I'm looking forward to uh, to the third installment. The trailer alone, just seeing the guy in the clock and uh, the, the big band tower, and then he's saying, if Shepard doesn't get here soon, all will be lost. And then you zoom out and you see Shepard standing in the ship over Earth, it turns out to be Earth, which is the craziest part. They get that found Earth. And uh, Shepard's looking down at it as explosions start going off at different cities. And then Shepard walks away, and you kind of like, is he going to save Earth, or is he just going to stand there and watch? You don't know. So it, it's really crazy. Um, the Another debut that caught a lot of people off guard is a new uh, Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And I think when this was announced, I got about five different phone calls. Um, it's been one of the biggest uh, anticipations for a while. Um, ever since Elder Scrolls Four came out, and then they stopped working. Uh, Bethesda stopped working on uh, Elder Scrolls, basically to make all the fallouts. Uh, they pretty much said, you know what, we're not coming out with Elder Scrolls for a while. And then they kind of surprised a lot of people with Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. And it wasn't even a trailer; it was just it was just basically a bunch of monks on stage 
and then a, kind of like a picture of uh, a stone tablet or something, and it awakens to say Elder Scrolls Five, and that was it. I mean, it was it looked really cool. Um, I'm really surprised they're they're going into making it, and it's definitely going to be a uh, a big party when it comes out because I know a lot of people are waiting, and they even announced the date, eleven eleven two thousand eleven. That's so. a good date. 11 11 11. You got to love it. They they want to make they want to make sure that uh they uh they want to make sure that they make uh, a debut, a big debut. So, uh let's see. What other We had uh we have an we had an announcement for the the sequel to Prototype uh which came out for the 360 which was uh, a pretty cool game. I won't I won't lie, it looked pretty cool. I mean, it was a pretty cool game itself. Um I'm kind of curious about the sequel. Um, we got the first trailer for Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, which looked absolutely amazing with uh, Nathan Drake walking away from a plane crash in a desert. That was actually a very cool moment, um, I have to say for myself, because he basically picks up an AK-47 out of the sand, which, as he pulls it out, there's a hand that comes up with it uh, of a, a dead person, and uh, him walking away, kind of looking, he's like, crap, I'm stuck in this desert, really? And just walks off in the desert. Uh, it was a cool moment. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a uh, great, great date. Um, as Crelly's Crelly is definitely waiting. Uh, Resistance Three was also shown and announced. Uh, definitely can't wait to get my hands on that and try it out. It's going to be a great game. Um, Guillermo del Toro came out and announced his game uh, which is turning out to be a trilogy called Insane um, I'm really curious about what this is going to what this is going to happen uh, Guillermo del Toro is definitely one of those great directors but I'm kind of curious because the game looks a little weird um, did you get a chance to see anything about that? Uh, it looked interesting it looked like uh Almost like something out of Pan's Labyrinth, you know? Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where I'm kind of... I'm going to wait until it comes out before I say, okay, I don't really care, but I'm going to try it. It's just one of those games. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm more than ready for it to get, well, I can get here, but it's coming out in 2013. Does Del Toro really think the world's going to be around? Because, I mean, we're, we're all supposed to end December 21st, 2012. So, come on. Let's well, think about that one. There you go. Maybe maybe the Lord of the Rings will come out before that game. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, a few other debuts was uh, the new Mortal Kombat, which is going to feature Kratos, uh, Portal 2. Well, Kratos, Kratos, Kratos only for the PS3, which, you know, I, I mean, I guess I understand that, you know, considering it, he is a PS3 exclusive character. But it makes me wonder, is there going to be an exclusive Xbox 360 character? I mean, uh, you can't have one without the other when you think about it. I mean, who could be a good exclusive character for, say, Xbox 360 for Mortal Kombat, you think? Um, Thinking about it and looking around on my games, the only person that comes to mind is uh, Master Chief. I mean, out of all the Xbox-only <laughs> games, Master Chief is really the biggest name to draw. Oh, can you imagine Master Chief in Mortal Kombat? He'd pull out the big fucking gun and just fucking blow somebody's head off. That'd be awesome. Hillman, Scorpion, like, as soon as Scorpion says, get over here, Master Chief will pull out, like, a, a, uh, 
uh, I can't remember what it's called, a needler. There we go, a needler, and start just spraying down Scorpion. He's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna come over there in a minute, just as soon as you explode." Go ahead. Yeah, Trey but says I, Trey says John Marston or Master Chief. John Marston, still PS3. I mean, not exclusive to to Xbox. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll have to. Uh, uh, Mortal Kombat still a ways out. Hey, maybe we'll get lucky and they'll do like they did a couple of years ago with Soul Calibur and they put like Star Killer in there. You know what? That that actually would be something interesting. But I think uh, Star uh, Force Unleashed is actually on all consoles. On yeah, it is. It is. But it would be. I, I would. I would mark to have Star Killer in the fucking Mortal Kombat universe. You could do some really wicked fatalities with the lightsaber. Yep, that would be pretty cool. Or the I mean, Force it would powers. definitely be interesting. So, I mean, um, along with those, there was also a new announce for um, SSX, SSX Deadly Descents, which is looking a little weird, um, to be honest. Uh, I saw it, and I kind of looked, and I was like, really? This is the way they're going? Okay, well, we'll try it. It's going more world, real worldish, on some of the tallest mountains ever created. I mean, the first mountain they showed was Mount Kilimanjaro, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not too excited for it. It's one of those games that just kind of, I'll push it aside. Um, another game that was also debuted was Forza Motorsport 4, which actually looked pretty good. It looked on par with Gran Turismo, uh, so we're definitely going to see that come out in the, in the next year or so. See, I'm not a big fan of the driving simulation game. You know, I'm, I'm not... I was never a big fan of Gran Turismo. I own Forza 2 because it came with my Xbox, and I've never played it because I, I think I tried once or twice, and I'm like, this game has no appeal to me whatsoever. Um, it just doesn't interest me at all. You know, Rodriguez is saying in the chat, does anybody actually play snowboarding games? I do. I mean, there you go. There you go. My little brother used to play them, but I've never been. I'm not into the whole skiing or snowboarding thing, or I don't even play skate games. I just, you know, just doesn't interest me. But I mean, I guess there's a market that there is. I mean, there's you got all those extreme sports guys that love to do that shit. So I guess it appeals to them. I just, it, to me, it doesn't have a, a niche. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on it. I mean, I, the only game I, the last game I really played that I really enjoyed was SSX Tricky. I mean, how many years ago was that? I still remember the song S S S S X S S X Tricky Trick Trick Tricky. That was the entire song. It seemed like I was like, really? And I mean, that was the last game that I actually enjoyed. That was snowboarding. Um, they don't really come out with that many because it's all about skate games and all that. I mean, we even haven't even, we haven't even really had a good BMX game in a few years. Last game that came out was. Dave Mira's BMX, which came out for the PSP, I believe. Or Matt Hoffman's BMX, one of the two. And it's been a while since they come out with uh, a good BMX game. You know, so, kinda... I, I remember growing up in the early 80s, the mid-80s, and they used to have movies about fucking, you know, BMX bikers and shit, you know. I can't even remember the names of those movies. But, like, that was back when, when BMX was cool. When everybody would, like, be doing fucking... Riding their bike from the handlebars or fucking, you know, jumping in the air and doing fucking 450 flips on their BMX bikes. Jumping fucking cars with their fucking BMX bike. God, I don't miss those days. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's uh, funny. Um, yeah, I, BMX used to be really big, and I really wish it would come back. I mean, Dave Mira, Matt Hoffman, Ryan Nyquist, all those boys, uh, they really need something to do during the off-seasons because Mira's my boy. I mean, he lives just up the road, and I get a chance to see him every now and then, talk to him, but it's just kind of wish I'd see him do a little bit more on TV now, I guess. Used to see him all over TV. Now it's just like, oh, well. But what can what can you say? Um, it's just one of those things. Um, JJ's favorite award and probably his favorite game of all time got the Game of the Year award. Um, Red Dead Redemption won Game of the Year for Spike BGAs. Fucking A. And I told everybody it was going to win because it's fucking awesome. It's like the Miz of video gaming. It's Red Dead Redemption, and it's awesome. And if you haven't played it, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta play it, um, especially with uh, the DLC for Undead Nightmare. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, other games that were in this category were Call of Duty Black Ops, Halo War, Halo Reach, Halo War, whoa, uh, Halo Reach, Mass Effect Two, and God of War Three. Out of all those games, two were three, no two, two were Xbox 360 exclusive at the time, and one was a PS3 exclusive, with the other two being uh, non-console exclusive. So, I mean, you can definitely see where the priorities are with the non-exclusives. They definitely want to make them bigger, better, and better. So... Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that when I heard the nominees for Game of the Year and Call of Duty Black Ops came out, I thought, isn't it a bit soon for that game? It just came out. I mean, like, it just literally a month ago came out. How can you actually put it in there? But they do this every year with Call of Duty. Was I glad to see Call of Duty not win? Fucking hell yes. It did get Best Shooter of the Year, though, right? Um, let me look at my I, list. I do believe it got Shooter of the Year, Call of Duty, Black Ops. Where's it at? Oh, seriously, there's not even a Best Shooter. There was, there was. It, it did. It you know what? It did win Best Shooter of the Year yeah, award. Best Shooter of the Year award, Call of Duty, Black Ops. Uh, also on par with that one is Battlefield, Bad Company Two, Bioshock Two, and Halo Reach. So Call of Duty, Black Ops getting that award is actually uh, pretty good. Um, Call of Duty, Black Ops also won. Character of the Year with Sergeant Frank Woods, and that was it. Okay. This just in, yeah. Bobby Kotick is still bathing in $50 bills. <laughs> oh, my. Um, the man wipes the his ass with $100 bills. Do you know that? Fucking the CEO of Activision, Bobby Kotick, wipes his ass with $100 bills. I'm pretty sure he wipes them with something bigger than that since they own Blizzard. So... Activision Blizzard. I just cry at the sound of that name. God help us. Um, Studio of the Year, Bioware, Mass Effect 2. Um, I still claim hijinks on this one, but I won't go into further details. Um, along with nominees was Blizzard Entertainment, Bungie Studios, and Rockstar San Diego, who created Red Dead Redemption. See, I was thinking it was either going to be Rockstar or, or Bioware. And Bioware won the award. Good for them. They've got a lot of stuff going on. Bioware, whether you like them or not, uh, put out some really good products. They're, they're really good at doing storytelling in games. I am 
really interested to see how this old Republic game is going to come out this next year on PC. I want to see, I want to play that. I mean, my PC is not set up for that game, so I'm either going to have to upgrade or whatever, but I do plan on checking out the old Republic MMO when it comes out. Yeah, speaking of PC, um, Tyron in the, in the chat room says, speaking of Blizzard, Diablo 3 needs to come out now. Um, just a keyword, Tyrants, uh, my ears and GameStop have uh, informed me that as of this, as of about a month or so ago, um, there are major rumors, major rumors that could turn into facts that Diablo 3 may be coming out in November of 2011. Um, this was after BlizzCon came out. Uh, big news came out that they were discussing a lot of stuff. It was in alpha. It's going into beta very soon. And it's going to go into a uh, online beta. It will be actually available to anyone who has pre-ordered, apparently. So if you haven't pre-ordered and you want it, go pre-order it now. Um, best Xbox 360 game was Mass Effect 2. Best PS3 game was God of War 3. Uh, best Wii game was Super Mario Galaxy 2. And best PC game was StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty. And best handheld game was God of War Ghost of Sparta for the PSP. Which um, I, I thought really, from everything that I have read this past year, I thought that Metal Gear was going to get it. You know, I, I'm really kind of thrown for a loop there. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker came, uh, has been out for a while. And a lot of people have loved that game. They they, they play it, and they, they actually, um, what was the word? They, they die by it. They would they would kill for it. They love it. Um, and it's really weird that Ghost of War, uh, God of War, Ghost of Sparta came out, has just come out recently, and won. So it's kind of one of those things where you kind of like, it won? Really? Okay. Maybe I should play this. Maybe not. But I really think that uh, that was kind of rigged. I think Sony kind of had their hands in the pot a little bit and was helped stirring it. So I'm not entirely sure, but oh well. I can't do nothing about it now. Um, best shooter, as we alluded to earlier, was Call of Duty Black Ops. Best adventure game was Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, best RPG was Mass Effect 2, which is coming out on the PS3 in uh, a matter of weeks. Uh, best multiplayer is Halo Reach. Uh, best inv- individual sports game was Tiger Woods PGA Tour 11. Um, I don't know if that's the individual game of sexing all the women or the, or the golfing game, so I could be wrong either way. Um, best team sports game was NBA 2K11. Best driving game is Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which just came out recently. I'm kind of calling hijinks on that one also, as Blur, Mod Nation Racers, and Split Second were all involved in this category. Why was Need for Speed in this? I'm not entirely sure. But, oh well. Um, Best music game is Rock Band 3. Best soundtrack was DJ Hero 2. Um, Best song in a game, I'm pretty sure JJ will agree, is Far Away by Jose Gonzalez for Red Dead Redemption. I love that song. I I really, I mean, that is an awesome song. Um, To go along with that, JJ... Red Dead Redemption also won the best original score, so I, I'm I'm all for that. I tip my glass to them. 
they did a great job with the music. I mean, a lot of games have really done an amazing job with their music recently, and I'm really happy to actually have the audio going as I'm playing a game because I'd rather listen to the score or the music more than I want to hear people talking. I agree. I agree. So kudos to them. I even listened to uh, the Girl Fight podcast today from IGN. I, I, I frequent that every week. I like listening to that, Game Scoop, and, of course, uh, Beyond. Even though I don't own a PlayStation 3, I like to hear what Greg Miller and the boys at IGN think of the PS3 games. But they were talking on a roundtable about their favorite games of the year, and a lot of them were kind of mixed on what they thought. I mean, uh, they were giving their, their views the two the, or three that kind of stood out amongst their favorites were Red Dead Redemption, Mass Effect 2, and I think World of Warcraft and, and for somebody. But anyway, uh, you know, somebody said that, you know, with Red Dead Redemption, it's a Western game. They weren't a fan of Westerns, and they're not really a fan of Rockstar games. But this game is just such an awesome game from start to finish. You know, it's unlike any Rockstar game. It's not entirely like Grand Theft Auto, even though it's compared to that quite a bit. I mean, the story is awesome. The music is great. I mean, Rockstar really put together, I would say this is probably their best game that they've ever put together, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's definitely on par with some of the great games they've made. I mean, I, I can't say it's their best game because I haven't really played a, a lot of their games and cared about their games. I mean, I'll, I'll claim it right now. I, I used to be a GTA Mark uh, back in the day. But now I've just completely died inside because of those games. Um, Red Dead Redemption, amazing game. Rockstar definitely deserves kudos. Um, definitely deserves the money they got for that game. Because uh, I was just reading a report the other day. And 8 million copies has have, has, have shipped for Red Dead Redemption. So, sequel, if they're creating one. Definitely should be made very, very soon. And if you're going to make a sequel, you could really center it around his son, Jack. I mean, that would be fine with me. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but I heard, this was a couple of months ago, and I think we might have even covered it on the show. Uh, apparently, Brad Pitt's group, his movie company, has picked up the rights to Red Dead Redemption. So if there is a movie being made, Brad Pitt will most likely be involved. I don't know that I want to see Brad Pitt as John Marston. But if his company's making it, then it might have a good shot at actually going somewhere. I, I definitely, I think I remember hearing about this. I think we talked about it. Um, if he does it, I only want to see Angelina Jolie as uh, the farmer's daughter uh, from the first from the first uh, location. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But if if they do make it, Angelina Jolie has to be uh, the one the one person. Uh, I will watch it many times over because of Angelina Jolie. I don't know. I, I think she, I think she'd be good as Marston's wife, considering she's a former whore. Oh yes, <laughs> she's a home wrecking oh. bitch. I would say she'd be great to be, to play a former whore and the wife of John Marston. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'd. Oh my lord, I, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> it's the truth, people. It's the truth, and and. Crelly is sending me a message. You're actually talking about Bonnie McFarland, the rancher's daughter. Yes, McFarland. That was that's the name. Yeah. Sorry, uh, been a long day, and I've just everything is slipping the mind tonight. Um. So yeah, I, I've I've heard that. I really hope that it's true. I mean, I'm not saying 
I'm not. I just want a movie. To be honest, I want a Red Dead Redemption movie. That's the only thing I really care about. Uh, if we get a Red Dead Redemption movie, I will be happy. Um, and, and I'm so. calling it now. Megan Fox could be cast as just a random whore in a saloon. Oh my! You know, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I fully agree with that. Oh my! Olivia Munn. Uh, Olivia Munn is another one. Just throw her in the saloon, uh, being picked up by some guy, what? and it happens to be. Uh, oh man, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Give me a second. I gotta figure out this guy's name. Bunk, Bunker, um, Bunker Cake says Betty White too. She could be a good whore. She could be like the mother of the whores. Miley Cyrus, that's another one, Crowley. That, that's, that's a good one. Lindsay Lohan could play a fucking whore. There's a lot of bitches in Hollywood that could play whores in that fucking movie. Yeah, it's just... It's just crazy. Um, the only way I'd like to see it is if Bruce Campbell was picking up Megan Fox. He was sitting over there on the piano, playing the piano, and Megan Fox walks over and says, Hey, honey, you want to have some fun? And you see Bruce Campbell look up at her and it's like, you know what, sweetheart? I could use some. And they, they walk up the stairs. That's the only reason why I'd, I'd enjoy that movie the most. <laughs> Bruce Campbell equals greatness. Yes, just not Bruce Campbell as John Marston. I love Bruce Campbell, but oh. no. i got to draw a line somewhere. I I will not pay to see that movie. If, if he is the movie. If he is John Marston. That's just equals no. Um, continuing on, uh, best graphics was God of War three, best adapted video game Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, best performance by a human male is Neil Patrick Harris as Peter Parker, Amazing Spider Man, Spider Man Shattered Dimensions. Uh, best performance by a human female was Trisha Helfer as Sarah Kerrigan in Starcraft Two: Wings of Liberty. I agree with that. Um, best downloadable game was content. Co- what? Costume Quest. Uh, for the Xbox 360, best DLC, uh, JJ will agree. Red Dead Redemption's Undead Nightmare. Um, Hell yeah! Best <laughs> anything Red Dead Redemption, JJ agrees. Fucking um, right. You know what? I grew up with a father and a grandfather that loved my grandfather, especially my dad's dad. Um, was just so big into westerns. Every time I would go visit him on the weekends or whatever, he was always watching Bonanza or Gunsmoke or The Big Valley. Uh, you know, he always, that was his life. I mean, he lo- he was a mechanic. So when he wasn't working out in his shop, because he had a shop out in the backyard, and brought in a lot of business for himself, when he wasn't working, he was in his favorite recliner, sitting down, watching one of those one of those westerns. I don't know that he ever watched anything other than westerns because every time I saw the man, that's what he was watching. And my dad kind of grew up on that and liked westerns. I was kind of the opposite. I, I wasn't a big fan of westerns. I can go back and appreciate them now. And Red Dead Redemption has kind of drawn me back into the the western genre because I think it's a very fascinating genre to watch. And I don't know if you've seen the previews for this movie, but they have remade True Grit, uh, a John Wayne classic. And Jeff Bridges is actually playing uh, Rooster Cogburn, who was originally played by uh, by John Wayne in the original True Grit. And even Josh Brolin is in the movie. And I'm like, you know, I'm not big on westerns, but I think I want to I want to see this because it looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'm right there with you, JJ. My my father, my grandfather, um, 
were are huge um, Western fans. Dad watches Dad watches Gunsmoke on Encore Western every day. Um, I'll walk in the house and he'll be sitting right there on the Western Channel watching it in HD. And uh, he said the only reason, only thing that's the problem is that the TV takes away from the show itself because it's so real. It looks so real that you feel like you're standing there in front of them watching black and white on uh, Gunsmoke. And he's just like, if it wasn't this good, if it wasn't this true resolution, I'd be loving this even more. So I'm, I'm right there with you with uh, the Western. I definitely um, am looking forward to a, some of the Western stuff, and I'm even looking forward to growing into and enjoying Western TV shows. Very cool. Was there any other categories that we missed on the awards? Uh, I mean, it was kind of a lackluster award show. I mean, it, uh, you know, it, I, I definitely remember the you know the first ever award show that they had on Spike TV with Samuel L. Jackson. He hosted a couple of them. And it just seems like they've kind of gone downhill in the last couple of years. I mean, not that I, I have anything against Neil Patrick Harris, but I would have loved to have seen you know Samuel L. Jackson host it this year. Yeah, I'm looking through um, this the page that I'm on, and they actually do not have that one on here. Oh, wait, there it is. Um, they hosted the 2005 uh, Spike BGA Awards. Um, 2004 was hosted by Snoop Dogg, and 2003 was hosted by David Spade. But they also had a WWE tag team match on that same show with Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, and Victoria. I vaguely remember that. So I'm kind of kind of trying to figure that out. Okay, you, you lost me. Uh, who, who hosted what, when, where? Um, 2005 was hosted by... Uh, Samuel Jackson. That was not the first uh, Spike PGA Awards. That was, actually. Uh, 2004 and 2003 beg to differ. I don't um, remember. You know what? I don't remember either one of those. I just remember Samuel L. Jackson hosting the first one, and that was 2005. That's the only one we only care about anyway. Yeah. It's because Samuel L. Jackson is a man. I mean, who cares about David Spade? And no offense to anybody, but Snoop Dogg, really, don't really care to see him hosting a hosting a video game awards i don't know um there's two more there's a couple more categories let me get through these right quick uh strongest hero of all time was uh, a tie between master chief samus aaron and marcus phoenix uh best original game is red dead redemption best zombie game was red dead redemption best dressed assassin was Ezio auditory de Ferenzi from assassin's creed brotherhood and biggest badass was kratos god of war 3 well, which, um, you know, who didn't see that one coming? Kratos is a pretty miserable and unlikable motherfucker. Did you see his his entire thing throughout the night? Yeah. They, 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 give, they give him the word that says, Why should I care what you mortals say? I have all these women. And then you just see him turn around and says, Kratos, come back. And he just climbs into bed and is like, Ugh. And it was just hilarious. He, he destroys the award at the end of the show. And I'm just kind of like, okay, what was the point of this? Really? So I'm just, I'm just really kind of like, most of the time I'm just really not a pre, I'm not enjoying a lot of the stuff they do, but I will say that I, I agree with their most anticipated game. Uh, Portal 2 is definitely one of my high, high games listed. Um, but so is Arkham City. 
Arkham City trailer that they released wasn't a gameplay trailer, but it definitely threw out there a lot of stuff, um, especially with the villain that they they announced. I mean, who who wanted who did not want Hugo Strange as the villain? I mean, he is one of the oldest villains. He even predates Joker and the Catwoman. I mean, Hugo Strange is going to be an amazing villain in Arkham City when it comes out. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, um, what's? I know you're going to choose Red Dead Redemption. Um, so I'm curious. Other than Red Dead Redemption, what would you consider your game of the year to be? Well, that's a tough one because I don't I haven't really played a lot of games this year. Um, I haven't played Mass Effect two, so I can't really put that one up there. I liked Dragon Age, but I wouldn't say it was a game of the year. I like my wrestling games, but you know, I don't think that that was game of the year either. Um, what else did come out that I would consider? You know, I even thought that the Star Wars—it's not the Star Wars—the uh, Transformers game that High Moon Studios made, yeah, uh, was very well done. You know, that, that was, in my opinion, the best you know Transformers game that's ever been made. You know, so, uh, was it War for Cybertron? Yeah, War of Cybertron was an amazing game. Um, I, I guess I would have to stick with Red Dead, to be quite honest. I definitely think, and I'll definitely stand by my my choices. Um, if Mass Effect Two is a definite uh, game of the year for me, um, but if I had to choose one game out of all the games that I own, it's Alan Wake. Um, Alan Wake is just an amazing game as is, as it where it stands it's the only game to ever mess with me psychologically, uh, to mess with my head I mean, it made me really question a lot of stuff um, not just, not life or all that crap but um, just may just mess with me um, I actually played it, I started playing it again tonight and even though I played it and beat it I was still looking at it like I have never seen this before in my life. So I love Alan Wake, and I will definitely say that is my game of the year. Very cool. Uh, I just want to say we're going to open the phone lines up here momentarily, so if anybody wants to call in and give your, your comments on anything tonight on the show, feel free to do so. We're going to be wrapping here in just a few minutes, so now would be the time to do so. Is that all the categories for the video game awards? I'm pretty sure that, that was all the categories for the Spike BGAs, and um. I definitely don't agree with some of them, but I definitely agree with a lot of them. Well, I, I, I hate when you have an award show and you have the host and he's nominated in a category and then all of a sudden he fucking wins the award. It was the same with the Slammy Awards past week. You know, which one was it where the ho- the one who was reading the thing, it was actually him that won? Michael Cole? Yeah, Michael Cole. Gee, how ironic. And I mean, like, you know, black fly in your Chardonnay ironic. <laughs> I uh, I don't even know. I've, the Slammys kind of threw me for a loop. I mean, I really wish he hadn't won, but I know why he won. I, I think next year, you know, I, obviously there was, there was other radio shows this year that were doing award shows, and I didn't want to feel like I was stealing anything from anybody else because, you know, we don't steal anything from anybody in this network. We get stolen from, but we don't steal anything. Maybe next year we're going to have Shammy Awards or something. Maybe we'll have something different, but it won't be at the end of the year. Maybe it'll be in like the mid, you know, the middle of the year or something. I don't know. 
I almost feel like we should do an award show so I can show people how to do it right. I definitely think we should. I'll I'll show up in my tux with a black tie. I'll be more than happy to be up there and help present. Maybe we can actually, you know, get people who we present awards to to actually show up. Mm. Thank you, China. Oh, I didn't say that. I, I didn't hear it earlier. I'm guessing you're not uh, you're not doing a show next Friday. You're doing it on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we're doing a show on Tuesday uh, to kind of round things out. That'll be the final unplugged of this year. Nice. And then we'll come back, obviously, in January and uh, kick things back into full effect in 2011. I definitely cannot wait to see what you have planned for the last unplugged of the year. Yeah, I I, I got to figure out what I'm going to do too. It's only a couple days away. I don't have anything major, you know. Like we do have an interview lined up with Armando Estrada. Nice. Which should be that's cool. gonna be awesome. Yeah, I would definitely like How to talk to him about Umaga because I like Umaga. Yeah. How did your uh, interview go tonight? I didn't get a chance to hear it. I'm sorry. Uh, we had about 15 minutes. I think we did pretty well. I let Crelly handle it for most of it, and then uh, I kind of took in toward the end. And you know, it it was a quick little interview. Just you know, just him basically stopping by to uh, promote Ring of Honor Final Battle tomorrow night. So, but it was nice to talk to Kerry Silken. I've never talked to him before, so seems like a pretty good guy. And you know, I'm not the biggest fan of ROH because I I don't watch the product. So that's why I asked him. I said, "What would you tell any fans that you know that don't watch the show? What would you do to to get them to buy your pay per view?" And you know, he he told us so it was nice yeah that's uh i definitely can't wait to hear it i mean i definitely gotta go get the archive for a monday because i want to hear that rant that everybody's talking about yeah you know everybody in the world of radio thinks that you know the quote-unquote gigolo jj sexy kind of died away but i'm still here when i get fucking passionate about something or somebody pisses me off i'll let you know about it and you know i'm not gone just because i'm Mainly the co-host and producer of the show on Monday nights doesn't mean I'm dead. Trey's not the only star of that show. There's big, there's room enough for uh, for many many stars on that show, especially JJ and Trey. Well, you know, me and Trey have been you know saddled into this redneck persona that we call people out every fucking week and that we fucking trash on everybody when you know that's not the case at all. But people can believe what drink, they want. Uh, drink Mountain Dew and eat Cheetos. Yeah, I don't eat Cheetos. And I don't drink Mountain Dew, so I guess that doesn't apply to me. I do know Trey and I have some things in the works. Uh, There's there's a show we're thinking about adding to the network in 2011. Maybe Monday night we'll have a preview of it uh, for you guys to hear. I think you'll like it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, 2011 is, you know, just, just around the corner. And, you know, we've been on such a momentum roll this past year with everything we've done. You know, I mean... In a couple, what, next week, it'll mark the one-year anniversary that Trey and I were fired. Yes, yes, and, it uh, will. That I completely forgot about that. It will mark the one year. And uh, you know what? Happy endings is the only thing I can say. Well, good things happen to good people. And I might have been pissed off initially that we were future endeavored, but I guess in the long term, when you look back on it, it was very beneficial that Trey and I were released and... We've gone on to do bigger and better things, and we haven't looked back. So, that's right. Thanks for all the support, guys. You guys are awesome. I guess I'll say it for everybody: we're all glad to be here. We're all glad to be a part of the greatest—I will say it—the greatest radio network that is out there. 
the network that is not a network. Unfortunately, Harmony can't still believe it. And we're free! <laughs> yes, we are free. So. All right. Well, with that said, I think we're going to end things. I want to thank uh, want to thank you, Sean, for coming on and talking a little VGAs, a little video gaming with me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. And if, um, I really hope that I can be here next Tuesday because I really definitely want to be here for the last show of the year or for the last unplugged of the year. Sounds good. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I also want to thank uh, my news source from headlocks2headlines.com and, of course, Chris Kelly, who's done a fantastic job over the last couple of months booking guests for not only Unplugged, but uh, he's dipped his, his ink in the water, Wrestling News Live, and gotten us a few interviews for Wrestling News Live as well. So a uh, big shout-out to Crelly. He's doing a great job, and uh, keep up the work, my friend. And to all of you, the SNS WNL family, for checking out all the shows, whether you're here live, whether you're listening to the archive. Uh, every one of us here on the network appreciate it. So thank you so much for everything that you do to help us grow more and more every day. And don't forget to check out the rest of the programming this week. The next five days on this network, you're getting content. Uh, tomorrow night, the Pro Wrestling Rewind will return for a three-hour show. Uh, I don't think it's coming back full-time, but we will be doing a live show tomorrow night. We'll be taking your phone calls and getting your feedback. And, uh, of course, the power Andy Knowles making a return one night only to SundayNightShowdown.com. Don't forget this Sunday night, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm back with the SNS crew. Boom Boom, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, One Step Closer to Dashing, Internet Dave, and, of course, me, Mr. Money, on the mic, JJ Sexa, to cover TLC on Sunday Night Showdown. And then we start the week all over again with Wrestling News Live. We're slated to have ODB, bam, on the show this Monday night and Tuesday, the last unplugged of 2010 with Armando Alejandro Estrada. And then probably Wednesday or Thursday, we'll have the Christmas Craptacular for you guys to download right in time for Christmas. So with that said, and with the breath I just took, I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. The internet is really, really great. For porn. I got a fast connection so I don't have to wait. For porn. What? There's always some new site. For porn. I browse all day and night. For porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For porn. The internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born? Porn, porn, porn. Trekkie. Oh, hello, Kid Monster. You are ruining my song. Oh, me sorry. Me no mean to. Well, if you wouldn't mind, please, being quiet for a minute so I can finish. Okie dokie. Good. I'm glad we have this new technology. Poor porn. Uh, oh. Which gives us untold opportunity. Poor porn. Oh, sorry. From your own desktop. For You can research, browse, and shop. Until you've had enough and you're ready to stop. For porn. The internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. Me up all night hugging me. Porn to porn. Porn, porn. That's gross. You're a pervert. Uh, 
sticks and stones, Kate Monster. No, really. You're a pervert. Normal people don't sit at home and look at porn on the internet. Oh? What? You have no idea. Ready, normal people? Ready. 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 Let me hear it. The internet is horrible. Sorry, Kate. The internet is horrible. I masturbate. All these guys unzip their flies for porn. 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 The internet is not for porn. 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 Hold on a second. Wow. Now I happen to know for a fact that you, Rob, check your portfolio and trade stocks online. Ooh. That's correct. And Brian, you buy things on Amazon.com. Sure. And Gary, you keep selling your possessions on eBay. Yes, I do. And Princeton, you sent me that sweet online birthday card. True. Oh, but Kate, what you think he do after? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Ew! The internet is for poor. The internet is for poor. I hate porn. Grab your dick and double click for porn. Porn, porn. I hate the The internet is for porn. Just ask Dave Batista. Good night, everybody.